Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I I can't believe we're here. I can't I can't believe I'm not I'm not talking about episode 101. We we did all that fucking jacking off the show last episode of of you know uh it's the 100th episode no 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 no. i ain't talking about any show milestone i'm talking about here in the promised land my, my oasis in the desert i i have been foretold of this day for so long for 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 several years now by my dearest co-host and it is so so bizarre enthralling slightly terrifying that we are finally upon it austin what are we covering this time around we have finally reached our long-awaited conclusion to the eddie guerrero ray mysterio story arc of 2005 it's time for SummerSlam, where we will have a ladder match to determine the custody of Dominic Mysterio. One of the most momentous occasions in all of pro wrestling history. And we are, I feel like I'm going to be let in, Austin, on some arcane eldritch knowledge by by finally par- partaking in this, in, in watching this match. It It is truly one of the most bizarre stipulations ever put to a wrestling match. Um, yes. I would absolutely call it the most bizarre I've seen in a mainstream. I have seen one match that I would argue is more ridiculous than this. Uh, and it was also a wrestling, a legal thing. Oh no. Uh, in impact wrestling a couple years back, they had an entire murder mystery plot about who tried to sh- kill uh, Johnny, uh, John, uh, uh, fuck Johnny Bravo. That's That was his name. Uh, he, at his own wedding and they have the suspect and he has to wrestle Tommy dreamer in a match. And if he beats dreamer, he doesn't go to jail, but if he loses to Tommy dreamer, he's got to go to jail for the murder. For the what the f- murder. So, so what I, what it, it, it sounds like impact there had a, had a, uh, a most unfortunate relapse, if if you will, into its uh its its horrible drugged up TNA days for a hot minute with that storyline. I mean, Impact has always Impact has really embraced under being doing weird shit, even when it stopped being TNA. Oh my god! Um, and of course, uh, the loser of the match, of course, Tommy Dreamer would win that match, and the suspect would go to jail for the murder. And but what he would listen? He was he was he was let off because the real because he was revealed he was brainwashed into doing it. So the brainwashy was sent to jail. <laughs> was the brainwashy another wrestler? Yes. Uh, uh yes, it was a wrestler who was leaving the company. So this is how they wrote her out of the sh- out of the company. What the is fuck? to go to jail for attempted murder? Imagine going to the boss and being like, "Hey, so I think I'm like done here." And they're like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Just 
roll with us for a couple months on an insanely convoluted murder mystery plot and, and you'll be set free what excuse me fantastic piece of business that the the bet it was it was very funny though because they were like where where's where are they taking her to the to the jacksonville penitentiary or is she going direct she going to stamford hey who was it uh taya valkyrie uh she she would end up going to wwe then she did go to stanford and then came back to impact hey after she was fired how did they explain that one i actually i wasn't watching impact when she came back i'm i would love to know as well i think it'd be really funny if they just did not did not pay any lip service to the way she was written off previously no someone Damn. also made a joke of is what what about what about baltimore and they're like no one goes there baltimore that's where ring of honor was based oh 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 that's funny. huh yeah but no, that's, that, was, that, see, that, was that, that does joke. sound more unhinged in a way but also like i think in terms of like weird legal rabbit holes the Ray Mysterio versus Eddie for the custody of Dominic still very much wins. Mm, that's fair. Uh, but yes, SummerSlam 2005 is upon us. Um, <laughs> as, as per usual, we will only watch some of the matches on this show, specifically four out of the eight that are on this show. Um, the, the last episode of SmackDown before SummerSlam didn't really have anything going on not worth mention talking about really at all so let's just skip right on to it so we are i am going to discuss the matches that will be happening this evening and the ones we will not be watching because we never have time to sit down and watch a full three-hour pay-per-view so i always cut it down to about two hours of content king so the first match on the show that we will not be watching is Orlando Jordan versus Chris Benoit for the United States Championship. This is a purely Good. SmackDown story, but Chris Benoit is in it, so we will not. Hey, good shit. Uh, then in a singles match that we will not be watching, match number two, because it is a Raw storyline, Edge versus Matt Hardy. All right. Uh, as a quick Ooh. sum up to for you people at home, uh even though i've talked about the 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 dynamics of this a lot basically uh matt hardy and lita were irl dating yes and then matt hardy was injured and thus had to be sent home and while (laughs) matt hardy was sitting at home recuperating lita she started cheating on him with edge yeah Uh, they 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 weren't terribly subtle about it uh, they had sex in the in the ring. That's that's later. Wait, the, oh, the I thought the you said sex, the sex celebration. The sex, the sex celebration was for beating John Cena for the title in early '06. This is 2000. Oh, they were wait, an established oh couple when oh they no. in the ring. Oh no. Uh, so they got together, and of course, you know, people figured out this was happening. And yeah. mm-hmm. Matt Hardy got pissed about it. Really? Obviously. And WWE's response was, we are going to fire Matt Hardy. <laughs> because you're being what? annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the capital offense of Vince McMahon is being a mild annoyance. 
Right. So this, I've talked about this so much, but this is when on screen Lita was dating Kane, was married to Kane, uh, the rapist, oh, if oh I may no. remind you. Oh, uh, no. And so, but because the story of Edge and Lita got out, the fans turned hard on Lita for being a big old slutty slut slut. Ah, oh, yeah. How dare she pick literally anyone else over her own rapist? It would be her character for the rest of her career in WWE is how much of a big slut you are. This is... This is it for Lita. So what I'm hearing is Lita's the proto AJ Lee, except like slightly more yikes. Way more yikes than way AJ more yikes. Lee yeah, okay, that's was. fair. Yes, way more. Yikes. Um, but anyway, so they lean into Edge and Lita for heel heat, mm-hmm. and then they're, after a few months, they do bring back Matt Hardy to do the storyline for real to do to do the story to do it as a storyline. Now that he is no longer in Jerino. Right. Uh, so then the third match of the show and the first one we will be watching is the is our ladder match. I don't <laughs> need to explain any of the story here. That's the first one? God damn. It's the third match on the show. Is the That's a, Dominic that feels like match. that should be like the semi-main or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean... Eddie Guerrero was big mad about constantly losing to Ray. So he decided to like try to steal back Eddie. Eddie, Eddie was like, I'm choosing this moment to be like, Dominic is my actual biological uh, son and I'm taking him back. Thanks. And we're not going to go into any of the questions that raises watch any of the previous episodes in this arc to see us lose our minds over how, insanely incoherent that entire plot real big shout out to episode 94 uh appropriately titled ray offers his son's custody for the match it gets even worse yeah yeah no the 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 big punchline here is that ray didn't even need to be coerced dipshit offered to do this when he basically had this in the bag so a social worker was like, you guys are just using this child as a proxy for your own stupid bullshit. So I'm at you. He's going into foster care to, while you settle this crap. Um, and yeah, you, you ever wonder if perhaps this is why Dominic is the way he is now a heart, yeah. a hardened criminal yeah. from prison. Hey, now that I am, uh, now that I am studying sociology, I can tell you that one of the, the leading indicators of criminality is is a lack of stability in your home life. And I would say this is a pretty traumatic lack of stability in your home life. Just- and, I, and I just feel like Ray probably should have went to fam- brought them all to family therapy and he didn't. I'm yeah, gonna, no. I'm just going to go ahead and say that, guess that right now. Yeah, no, Ray got, Ray inevitably gets Dominic back and was like, no, it's fine, actually. Everything's fine now. We don't need to think about this ever again. Yeah, and now look at Dominic. He's done hard, hard time. He's done hard in time. Prison, he's prison. He's, he's got a mommy a dom. He's got a mommy dom. He's running with a rough crowd. I mean, Absolutely. look what's happened. Beat up his own dad just the other day. This all could have been solved if you actually took Dom to therapy, Ray. Did you ever consider that? No, Dad, I bet maybe, you did Maybe maybe Ray is a shit dad. 
You're damn right. He is a bad fodder. <laughs> because Rey Mysterio is a bastard man. He is. Uh, so, the fourth match on the show that we will not be watching because it is a Raw match. Kurt Angle versus Eugene. Oh, Eugene. brother. Okay. So That's a name Eugene. I haven't heard ever. Yeah. Now I have to explain it. Wait, um, is this the like random person from the crowd fight? Is this what no, this is? Okay. No, that's okay, okay. that's Santino who oh, okay. that way. But no, Eugene is Nick Dinsmore, and his character was initially he the idea was to have him be like a wrestling savant, someone who wasn't necessarily oh. the smartest guy, but he is a wrestling genius. You know, oh, which is fine. Oh no, and this character this turned into Eric Bischoff's nephew, who is mentally handicapped, is the yes. nicest way I will put it. And yeah, I've heard of this character. Uh, he's he's a little special. The the, and... the the worst character in all of in all of the Fed's history, and that's saying something. Yeah, it's 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 weird. And uh, a little uncomfortable. It could be. It could be worse in that he could be a heel. Oh wait, they do turn him. Heel <laughs> they do later. turn him heel at some point. Yeah. But right now he is just a love. He is a. He is a. He is just a kind of a per arc, uh, archetypal, uh, of lovable underdog babyface. But the, he is a lovable underdog because he's mentally handicapped. He's special needs. Yes. Yep. And uh. he's fighting Kurt Angle for reasons I don't fully know because I don't watch Raw, but they're fighting for Kurt Angle's Olympic medal. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds like a real banger of a story right I'm there. I'm glad this is Raw's contributions to SummerSlam. Damn. Raw always was the worst show. Changed uh, my mind. The next match that we will be watching is the is Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. Ooh, the Undertaker. Rand oh, hey, this shit. I yeah, okay. Randy Orton interrupted is the match with with uh with what's his face. Yeah. Yeah, Randy Orton is de has determined that losing once to the Undertaker at WrestleMania has killed his entire legacy and therefore the Undertaker must die. So Absolutely. And Undertaker has been doing spooky PowerPoint in, in response. This is true. This is true. I will say, it's SummerSlam, so the Undertaker's not necessarily wearing plot, plot armor this time. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, then, the sixth match on the show, the one I wanted so badly for us to put to do, but we don't have time, but I, I tried. John Cena versus Chris Jericho for the WWE Championship. I Ooh. feel like I feel like we've watched so much Raw recaps in, on action. I know it's like we had it's to like see the we've payoff. The arc, yeah, absolutely. Now I'll but, never know what those recaps, those fucking overlong intrusive ass Raw recaps, were leading to. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. But unfortunately. And no, we didn't have time for that because we have to watch the main event. I, I, I'll, but I'll get to it in a second. Okay. So next match on the show, Batista versus JBL for the world title in a no holds barred match because 
Uh, that yeah. was Jibble's contribution to I can pick any stipulation. Jibble. Yeah, I know. I know. That was the dumbest thing. Jibble. Good old Jibble. I love that. Good old Jibble could have picked the JBL automatically wins match. Or the JBL is just illegally allowed to shoot uh, 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 Batista in the fucking face uh, with an actual gun stipulation. Uh, or a- any number of things that would immediately, but no, they had to do. He's just like, oh yeah, a- any any stipulation. You don't know the power you just gave me. I can control you. I can make you my bitch. You, <laughs> yeah, I'd like a uh, one no holds barred match, please. What Batista must wear handcuffs match. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Batista must be bound and gagged from the neck down. Literally anything. What? Jesus Christ, JBL's an idiot. Yes, and then, but our main event. And it's a raw story, and you could argue that we shouldn't do it because we haven't followed this arc. But also, I never want to come back to SummerSlam 2005. And what review of SummerSlam 2005 doesn't include this match? A bad one, I'll tell you that. This Uh-oh. is a battle of icons, sir. It is Uh-oh. Hulk Hogan versus oh, Shawn oh, Michaels. Oh, no! No! The politics fight! No! Man, it's... I can't wait to step into the to, to watch Shawn Michaels and, and Hulk Hogan step into a ring with each other and just spend 20 minutes saying back and forth, this isn't going to work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, so this match started, basically. Uh, Shawn Michaels had a tag match with the Hulkster dude. And then uh, Shawn Michaels super kicked him in the face after the match. And Shawn, it is a combination of Shawn being like, I want to prove myself as the bestest wrestler ever by beating Hulk Hogan. But also... He's also he also has this promo in Montreal talking about like Hulk Hogan you judge me for my choices and my and my history when you represent values that you are a hypocrite about What what why are they that's a weird what why huh i mean i don't i don't i mean i don't know why sean has to have a completely correct point that hulk hogan brother you know the say your prayers eat your vitamins do but he's also a giant bastard of a person but, like, but he why are we taking it there to give some heat to the match i guess that's so that's so weird that's really weird, Sean. I mean, I, I feel like the story was not worth doing its own arc about. The two things worth really going out of your way to see, I would assume, are, I would say, are um, the skit where uh, they do a fake Larry King interview and Hulk, and Shawn Michaels dresses up as Hulk Hogan and pretends to do Hulk Hogan. Please tell me Triple H is playing Larry King. I don't remember who plays Larry King in the skit. Damn it. Uh, and then and the montreal promo which is honestly more famous for the fact that sean is that montreal is still pissed about the montreal screw job and so yeah, still sean really michaels just gets booed out of the building 
Yeah. Well, isn't that is isn't that the promo where he like like the Bret Hart music hits and he looks all freaked out and then nothing happens and he's like, Yeah, I had you go in there for a minute, didn't he's, I? He's done that. I I feel he did do that. I don't remember what year he like teases Montreal that Bret Hart's coming back. Man, that's like nuclear. I still that that's I know this is unrelated, but like I I still can't believe they actually they actually did that. Like that is like that's more than nuclear heat. That's like I don't even fucking know what's what's higher than nuclear heat, but that's like just transcendent heat. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Uh, but yeah, Canada, okay. Canada didn't Canada didn't forgive Sean until Brett did. That's the way. That literally, goes. yeah. I, I watched that promo recently, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, and now they're friends. But like, what what really cracks me up about this Sean Michaels Hulk Hogan thing is the fact that Sean Michaels thinks that beating Hulk Hogan will prove that he's the best in the world ever. Which, like, okay, yes, I know in kayfabe, Hulk Hogan is one of the bestest wrestlers of all time because he's got he's so winning. He's got so many championships under his. Well, you're, so well, well, you're damn. Well, that's well, that's right, brother. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 15 time du- uh, world champion, dude. Yeah, only 15 times. Half those were like weird transitional champ bullshit angles of like someone else was champ for two seconds, then Hogan squashed them. Oh hell yeah, brother! I. T- <clears throat> I made that little jabroni Lex Luger. He was champion for a week, brother. And then I made sure that he understood that the Woodmaster is the top guy in the <laughs> WCW, dude. God. No, no little dunkaroos for Lex Luger, dude. No, um, no, fucking. <sighs> okay, I guess in cafe, but also like Shawn Michaels. Sean, look, I think all you need to do to prove that, look at your moveset. Look at the Hulkster's move set. Like, put them on a scale. See that one greatly outweighs the other. And I think that's all you... Like, it's fine. You okay. don't... <laughs> I I do have one question for you, though. Is that okay. the way this match goes is heavily influenced by how the backstage politicking went. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Of course. How would you like... Would you like to know before you watch or after you watch what the backstage politicking was when? I mean, because I'm that sure is honestly everyone's bit. favorite part of the story. I mean, I'm pretty sure we already discussed it a little bit. We can discuss it more like after we watch it. But like, as far as I know, it it literally was backstage a battle of that ain't gonna work for me, brother, between the two okay. of them. I uh, see. So you, see, so we gotta save it for the back half, then. Yes. You think or ah? Oh. No, I was very excited. I kind of wanted to say it now, but all right. No, I want to, I want to see, and I want to like watch the match and like formulate my own idea and then see how close I got. All right. So yeah, that is the main event of SummerSlam and it is uh, a P a masterpiece in my opinion, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And needs to be seen by all. <laughs> oh, I bet there's nothing more masterful than an aged Hulk Hogan and an aged Shawn Michaels going at it. The Hulkster can still go, brother. I haven't fully destroyed. I haven't fully destroyed my hips yet, dude. I can still drop the leg one, two, three, brother. 
God damn. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I'll give him credit for this. He literally was, uh, I'm going to the wheels fall off, motherfucker. Like, he, until the until his tailbone could just not take anymore. He kept dropping that leg, baby. Yeah, allegedly these days he, like, needs help to walk. Basically, he, like, can That's barely walk right. on it under his own power anymore these days, brother. <gasps> Jesus Christ, Hulk. Because of the Why? fucking leg drop. Yeah, because he did a because he had a leg drop as is like one of one of his signature moves and just fucked up his tailbone forever. Yep, oh, I uh, did it for all the little Hulkamaniacs, dude. Yeah, all no, I'm Hulk, sure all the Hulksters need to see me go put the big boot in the one, two, three, brother. I inspired the children, brother. Are you I saying inspired I should the children by crippling you, myself for life, brother? Are you trying to say I shouldn't have inspired the children, dude? I'm 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 saying Hulk that like you could have done that without crippling yourself in the long run, but you know. But the kids wanted the big leg, the big boot, and the leg drop, brother. I don't know what you're talking. You know, know what? No, I didn't. I didn't I consider know. that. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't. That 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 completely. Why? How could I forget such an important calculus? Thank you. Of course, brother. Hulk Hulkster always knows what's best for the little Hulk 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 ruse down there and Hulk maniacs, brother. Yeah, just uh. It, the the death the the death cult of Hulkamania children. You really have their best interest at heart. Of course, brother. But always remember to drink your Hulk Hulkamania flavored flavorade, brother. <laughs> and then we can go wrestle up in heaven, brother. Oh yeah, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait to wrestle all my little Hulkamaniacs up in heaven, brother. Oh yeah, brother. But, but, okay. they, but they but they still got it they got it they still got to take they still got to put me over brother they even in, <laughs> up in hell, the little maniacs in heaven brother i can go in front of jesus dude i uh, yeah that don't worry they they the little hulkamaniacs they want to they want to they want me they want to pin me hulk hogan but i gotta tell them that don't work for me brother I'm in, the, I'm in the presence of the Lord, dude. Would you let the Hulkster sully his reputation in front of the Lord, brother? Do you want me? I didn't say all those goddamn prayers for nothing. Do you want? Do you want to embarrass me in front of the Lord Almighty Jesus Christ, brother? Is that what you're saying, little dude? I didn't say all those prayers like a dweeb for nothing. When you're when I tell you to pray, brother, I mean I I mean for you to pray for me to go to heaven so I can do the drop the boot on Jesus and have God applaud for me. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. That Jesus Christ dude. I mean, he he got it took him three days to get up, brother. Yeah. Now, if it had been me, Hulk Hogan, I would have kicked out at three point one, brother. <laughs> put him. I would have put I'm over. Sure I would have put. Over, the, I would have put. I'm over. pretty sure we've done the Hogan as Jesus joke before. Stop. Yes. Stop. But no, I'm going back to it because oh my god, I would have put. A, I, you know, I would. You know, I would have done the, the 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 one two three for the crucifixion, brother. As long as I got my win back, dude. I, w- I will say the, the best part about doing any of these Hulk bits is the fact that like any of this unhinged shit we're saying could actually be like an actual Hulk quote <laughs> without a oh, doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bro. I could see him saying how he would have, he would have kicked out better than Jesus Christ getting the one, two, three days hit on him, brother. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. All right. So deranged egomaniac Hulk Hogan versus Born again Christian, but still an egomaniac, Shawn Michaels. I'm sure it'll be great. Yep. Uh, so this show can be found on Peacock if you would like Peacock. to watch along with us. Um, Absolutely. But we will be back in the back half to discuss SummerSlam 2005. Hell yeah, brother.
And we are back. We have finished uh, most of SummerSlam 2005, even though I watched all of it myself. So I can oh, well, tell aren't all you, of you people aren't what you, happened. Oh, you people. This is this is Austin's heel turn. I have to watch full pay-per-view so I can tell you people. And I'm no, I, fucking no, sick of it. I hate you people promos. They all they almost all suck. I hate them. Don't 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 put that on me. You no, know, it's all the fans' fault, Austin. It's all it's all their fault, and that's great motivation to become a supervillain all of a sudden. Don't you know? Sure. Um, okay. So SummerSlam 2005. Uh, yes. Any what thoughts do you have, David, from the parts that you watched? Honestly, for the most part, I had a good time. Um, like, oh, okay. Actually, no, that's a lie. The first half of what I watched, I had a good time. The back half was fucking stupid. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I think that the path that we, the hour we didn't watch that I only watched brought down the overall quality of the show, in my opinion. Oh. But, uh, I think there are, there's highlights. I think I have different yeah. highlights than David does in really? a couple spots. Uh, oh, interesting. But overall, I, I, it was an average show in my opinion on the yeah, range was, of was... summer slams. It was it was fine. Uh, I will I will say I I know I'm normally uh, the best match on the show was the one we came for, so you know that worked out well. Yes, I, I will say I'm usually I know I'm usually a stickler for for kind of doing things the straightforward way. I think this time around we are in the rare occasion where um, the the grand finale for an arc is not in fact the main event for the show i think i think or even I close to it not remotely it's 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 yeah i think i think i i think this time and this time only i want to end with discussing the ladder match um, okay so we'll just that we'll is just, that is so the will, grand will, finale sure that's fair so we'll we'll just go through the show in order then and yeah. skip and come back to it okay so with the show is in washington dc Indeed. And so that means we got to open with the color guard and the Navy Reserve Corps with the flag and the rah, rah, rah. And Lillian Garcia is there to sing the national anthem. Yeah, I guess their in-house ring announcer in 2005 actually has a really good voice. Shout, shout out to her. That's that was a, like, look. I'm always I, I I got I got my own feelings about about singing national anthem mandatory and shit like this, but like I kudos to her. That's a solid voice. That cool like second talent to have. I made a note. Lillian be vamping like fucking everyone does. At least she's singing the right fucking notes. True. Look, we we can appreciate accurate vamping. Mm-hmm. Little 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 bit of riffing never hurt anyone. Uh, also, shout out to the dudes in the in the crowd that have the i'm real military yes! shirts i also as, noted that i was like this is cringe as fuck as opposed to fake military did what did they have to differentiate did like sergeant slaughter keep like trying to crash their 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 <laughs> military only parties they do they need to differentiate when they're in kayfabe world like what's happening why do they need to why do they i'm real military again total cringe i was like i hate it thanks yeah why what as as opposed to what? Mm-hmm. I I don't understand. Um also we, we cut to a shot of someone in the someone in the crowd who has a Murica flag. And you know, I was I was about to ask, uh, 
why the fuck like 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 who the fuck brings an American flag to a pro wrestling show in 2005? But then I remembered who's probably gonna win the main event tonight. And I was like, oh, actually, no, it all makes sense. Oh yes, brother. Uh, so it, then it could we be get... the year of our Lord 4042, and the reanimated cybernetic corpse of Hulk Hogan will still be bringing an American flag to the ring. Hey, hey, we we can't get ahead of ourselves here. There's a whole lot of stuff to say about Hogan. A lot of stuff. Yes. And so uh, then after, after she's done, we get USA, USA. US. Yeah, we got to get a whole USA chant going because sure. All right, we get the big hype package to for all the stuff on the show. And then the first match of the show that only I watched, Chris Benoit versus Orlando Jordan. In Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we skip over all of the... um. Um, all before we just brazenly skip over the 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 opening video package, um, I I I I gotta talk about toward the end of it. So it, it's a pretty sick opening video package, except for the Eugene feud part. Fuck that. Um, you've been so so we get to we get to the final part of the video package. The video package goes dark and for for a minute, and then it comes back again to Hogan and HPK's big hype video. And uh, I just had some notes here from the lead up to this because, man, what this seems like it was a wild lead up. Uh, HBK is uh, apparently uh, on the road here, accused Hogan of living on the same reputation you cultivated 20 years ago. And, and yes, Sean, that is how a reputation works. Th- th- thank you for that. And the, be- the best part is, is Hogan just kind of replies with like, why? Yes. Yes, I like i don't see he's any, like i don't see any problem here dude he, he's like he's like because we because we got to him saying oh, i'm doing this for all the little hulkamaniacs brother which is essentially him just being like yeah literally this this is this is my rep and uh sean michaels also apparently said to hogan at one point you said you wanted the old hbk that's a weird thing to imagine hogan saying well you got him uh which i take to mean sean michaels just snorted two lines of coke backstage um I, I apparently there was a line from Hogan on the way here that was, uh, uh, what you're gonna do when the Hulkamania destroys you. So apparently, I didn't realize Hulk Hogan in an audition to be the vocalist of the Bad Boys theme song. And, <laughs> uh, what you're gonna do when they come for you, Bad Boys, Bad Boys, Bad Boys, brother, what you gonna do, dude? Uh, what you gonna do, if you will? And, Okay, ending on a slightly more earnest note, there's a line that I think was from Shawn Michaels of, you're one more move from your star being snuffed out. That was actually a pretty little yeah, line. Yeah, Shawn takes an extremely hard heel turn for just this feud only. Why? It's- because who the fuck? Because uh, he, he's facing Hogan. He, he's got to be a heel. He's this facing is, no. Hogan. If you, you're only a face, if you're if you're up against Hogan, you are only a face. Fuck all of you. Um, also, uh, I just want to point out too, after the video package is all done, the immense amount of pyrotechnics they have. They have shooting off inside of this arena. We get a solid like twenty seconds of just straight pyro pew, pew, to pew, open pew, the pew, show. Pew, 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 pew. I, I can only imagine. Vince personally holding the detonator backstage and slamming on that button going, you're fired. 
Hey, it's hey. funny because it's fireworks. And, you fire and, them off. Yes. See what I did there? Anyway. The jokes are a lot funnier when I explain them. Um, oh yes, absolutely. That, that's the that's the, the the key to comedy right there. Do you get yes. the is, is is making sure the jokes are thoroughly explained. Otherwise, how do you know someone gets them? Do you get it? Do you get the yeah. joke? Do you get, do you get this it? goes do on like this it? for another twenty pages? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you went there. Um, yeah, I, I got you, buddy. Yeah. So first match: Chris Benoit versus Orlando Jordan. For the United States Championship. That sounds uh, riveting. In an entire 25 seconds, Chris Benoit gets in the crippler crossface and taps out Orlando Jordan and wins. Not kidding. He just wins what? in 20 seconds. I do appreciate that Orlando Jordan's entire role here is... Wait, no. Wait. Wait, no. Hold up. No, I was getting him mixed up. Fuck. No, that's not the JBL cabinet boy. That's no, yes, the... he is. Oh, that is? Okay. That is the cabinet boy. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I appreciate that his whole role is just to be a bitch. That's his whole role. Like, he yep. is painted to be the most ineffectual motherfucker ever. And why does JBL hire him? I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's that adept at cheating, honestly. I I guess it's just hard JBL, to find political JBL, interns these days. JBL pays for loyalty and not anything else. I think it's just... I. I I think the political intern market is just kind of is just kind of small these days, you know. You'd think. I mean, he's in D.C. Surely he can find a staff intern somewhere. Yes, but can he find a staff intern with muscles? Mm, that is that is tough. That, that's true. See, see that that's that's the problem is when you get to that cross section, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, so squashed ass bitch Orlando Jordan, womp womp wompity womp. Yeah. So then after that, we go backstage to Eddie Guerrero. He is lacing up his boots in the locker room and Vicky comes in and is like, we need to Vicky. Talk. Vicky is here to be objectively correct. And Eddie's like, we don't, do. I I'm done. No, I'm done talking. Don't we know more talking. We're done. And Vicky's like, you may be done talking, but I'm not. Um, and she's, she's up front. And it's like, this isn't about Dominic. It's about beating Ray, Eddie. And Eddie is like, hey, no. I mean, it is also a little bit about that. It is, it is also a little bit. He does. But it does is the best does about Dominic. So, oh, yeah. Which, which, uh, oh, yeah. I See, here's the thing. Like, I feel like there is a part of this that is legitimately about Dominic for Eddie. But more, more of like the, I just want a protege. You dumb wife you cursed me with two daughters where was, is my big masculine son who i can train to, to follow in my a, legacy i was gonna ask you if you thought that like if you thought there was some part of eddie that gaslit himself into also thinking this is about dominic <laughs> like at some point he bought his own bullshit about it <laughs> no and i will explain why when we actually talk about the match but no i think i think well <sighs> I think Eddie knows like it's disingenuous and I think he also just finds it convenient that, that Dom makes for, could make for a good protege. Okay. I, I think, I think you can have those two things and not have them be mutually exclusive. Cause I think, I think he would like a convenient protege in Dom. And also I think he doesn't fully like, believe his bullshit here i think there's i i everything from eddie seems too calculated here i would believe it under different circumstances and i'll talk about this more when we actually okay. cover the match but yes okay but eddie is like i need someone to carry the guerrero legacy and he's like you're crazy if you think i'm doing this just to hurt ray and his family you're crazier than me and yeah which which i to his credit would turn out to be true in the long run but like right now no 
and as soon as I wrote the the note that he would be right about Vicky being crazier than him in the long run, I kind of stopped and realized the modern Vicky character is actually kind of a perfect way to honor Eddie's legacy. Now that I think about it, like Vicky is her own Guerrero. Like she, she, she is very like much... every other Guerrero cannot be trusted. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I was, I never really thought about this board, but yeah, current Vicky is a really good, like homage to Eddie. Like she carries on his, his evil bullshit heel work in a way. I I got I've I've never thought of that before and it's kind of like neat to think about it. It's almost certainly mm-hmm. intentional on her part. Yeah. So Vicky is like she's she reaffirms she loves Eddie and is like, you know, in the in deep inside you there is a wonderful man. And that wonderful man will not let you defeat Ray or hurt Ray's family. And of course Eddie is like, "Oh, so you think I can't beat Ray either, huh?" <laughs> Everyone thinks that, huh? I am once again begging Eddie Guerrero to go the fuck to therapy. Oh, I can't wait to tell you how this storyline ends. Because I looked it it up. It ends after this? Yes, I looked it up because I was curious what Eddie did after this SummerSlam. And I saw, found some more information. There is a diff, there is a, this concludes the dumbest, everyone, that part that everyone knows. But there is there is a little one more little bit thing at the end of this arc that I will. Oh bring up. shit! Well, I look forward to hearing about it, and that might that might play in well to kind of my final thoughts about the way the arc ends. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I think it will it will affect how you might it could potentially change your thoughts. Uh, guess, so guess... he is, yeah. So Eddie is like I wrote this quote down because I thought it was so ridiculous. I needed to get it. I, I think I probably also wrote this quote down. Since you're not being that yep. great of a support, why don't you turn around and just support on out of here? <laughs> what? What? Okay. To quote, what does that mean? To quote. <laughs> to quote the the oh, it hurts me to say this. To quote the 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 great. And and cosmic wisdom of friend of the show Dominic Bianchi. I can't I can't believe I'm actually finding some value in this stupid fucking phrase. Uh or I guess more to um paraphrase him. Um I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but it's evocative. It gets the people going. (laughs) I was like why don't you turn around and just support on out of here? Support it gets the people going. I had to rewind and make sure I got that yep, exactly. I did the exact same thing because I was like, did he just, did he just use support as like a clever word reversal that wasn't actually clever and made actually zero sense? And yes, he did. Like when I said Eddie Guerrero, when I remarked last time that Eddie Guerrero is legitimately very good on Mike, that does not mean everything he said is insanely well thought through. It means he's good at being evocative. That there's a difference, people. Well, I was I couldn't believe. It. I was like, what? But yeah, pure magic. Gone, so, gone too soon. Yeah. So Vicky does leave, and then Eddie sits down in the chair, and he's like, "I can beat Rey Mysterio. I will beat Rey Mysterio." Yeah, I'm gonna be one of the other Mysterio. No, see, that's the thing is the fact that he's sitting there repeating that is what makes me 
feel as though he he knows exactly what this is really about. He knows this is this is not mm-hmm. really about Dominic. That that is one of the many things that contributes to me okay. thinking that no no no. He knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. The fact that he's going that's that's he's fair. not he's not going, I will get Dominic. He's going, I will be very Mysterio. Okay, that's fair. Uh then the second match on the show that I also am the only one who watched it is Edge versus Matt Hardy. Uh this match is the story is cringe as fuck, honestly. Like, yeah, I, I hate, like, this is one of those times it's bringing in real life drama into wrestling is one of those things that I have extremely mixed feelings about because I, like, well aware, like, I, oh yeah, you know, I hate work shoots real bad. Um, oh, I know. We have our discourse like, about this. Right. But it's, it's like. I I don't, I can't, I feel like it would be unfair for me to say it sucked that like bringing in real life drama and not letting it be a completely fictionalized TV show would be unfair of me because there are stuff storylines in wrestling that I like that are use real life drama and emotion effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is one of those storylines that I feel justifies me in hating it because it's basically. Uh, Matt Hardy IRL got cheated on with by Lita with Edge, and their solution is. Wait, to... I didn't realize there was an IRL cheating involved in this. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, like I said in the front half, it was Matt Hardy and Lita were dating IRL, and then Matt Hardy got injured. And then uh while Matt Hardy was injured, Lita and Edge started hooking up. I thought that part was kayfabe. No, what? no, that part was ex- entirely IRL. What the fuck? So they present that as happening in storyline and also make because, but the thing is, Matt Edge has a lot of potential as a new top heel because of this. So Matt Hardy just gets the treated heel. like a bitch. <laughs> And that is best encapsulated by this match where it ends with Edge, Matt Edge throws Matt Hardy face first into the ring post. Matt Hardy starts bleeding and Edge just punches him some more. And then the ref calls the match as Matt Hardy is unable to continue. So it's, I assume that's work. Yes, that is a work. Okay. This they okay. were this is this this is not a shoot. As far as I know, this was not a shoot botch fuck up or anything. They just made Matt Hardy look like a little bitch baby for getting his ass kicked too hard. He can't even finish the match. See, I I can understand the the the, the instinct to do that with a rising top heel, but like you don't do that with every rising top heel you do that shit with like monster heel yeah it's so bad for edge edge as we will learn is best as a sniveling opportunist heel like he is not the kind of guy who beats you so bad you can't you can't continue he is the guy that he's the guy that punches you in the balls and like old man edge these days is a little more from what i gather is a little more kind of like hardened badass but yeah but in that like grizz but in that like grizzled old man yeah exactly like whether he's starting judgment day or 
kicking all of Judgment Day's asses for turning on him. Like it's it's he's got like that. He's got like yeah the the grizzled man vibes of like I've been around the block and I've seen some shit. I can yeah. wreck all your the early Edge does not seem like the monster heel type, and it does feel really disrespectful to Matt Hardy to treat him like that, especially if he doesn't get any reprisal out of it. No, I, I mean, maybe he beats edge at some point. I don't know, but listen, this story's most, fa- the most famous part of this angle is where he gets shoot fired for bitching about in like him publicly making a stink about how Lita cheated on him with edge. WWE's like, well, you're fired. Get the fuck out. And then they bring him back just to have him put over edge. So what the fuck? That's psychotic. Story, whole story's fuck. Whole storyline's yeah. fucked. See, I would like I would find the 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 work shootiness of this tolerable if it was Lita cheated on Hardy while he was injured uh and then Hardy came back and like the truth came out and like they all kind of like dealt with it and and it got smoothed over IRL, and then they made a story of it. The fact that it was still very much an unresolved oh open no, it was that very WWE fresh exacerbated by firing Matt Hardy for publicly being upset that his girlfriend cheated on him is insane. That is psychotic. Oh, what? Absolutely, it is. Fuck. It's not. This is it one of those nuts. times where I can agree with you and be like, "Fuck work shoots." Yeah, it's it's terrible. I I agree. If this had been a situation where they'd all gotten over it, had time to process and really talk out everything, and then they yeah. made a storyline out of it, sure. But no, no, it this was this it, was right on the. Don't heels get me wrong. It still would have been a dumb. Happening. It would still would have been a cringy ass story to roll with. I hate this like fighting over the girl trope in the in mm. in wrestling, but like it would have been far less offensive to poor Matt than, than what really happened. Oh, yeah. no. Man, yeah. you wonder why he, he doesn't work with the with the Fed anymore. Hmm. Oh, well, that's just because he's they think he's too old and decrepit to wrestle. <laughs> I feel, but he's, he hasn't been with them in a hot... Well, I guess they... No, he, guess they no he's... He he went like he came back he came back and then he went to Impact then he came back yes. to WWE then he left and now is in AEW so it's 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 long been smoothed over. Okay, yeah no but the there, I, I I all this to say WWE can sometimes diagnose people with old kind of early in their careers relatively so <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if at like 30 they're like actually no you're too old fuck you get, get out. out we're done yeah <laughs> I diagnose you with old yeah so <laughs> edge wins hey Hulk Hogan you want to come back for a match great walk on in buddy. oh yeah brother oh man we'll get I can there barely, I can barely feel my I can barely feel my legs anymore brother it's fine <laughs> can you still do the leg drop I I, I guess dude oh my god Oh my god. All right. The next oh, match god. is Ray and Eddie. We are saving yes. that till the end. Till the end. Yep. So da, 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 I have to scroll through so many notes. I have to, to scroll get through so many part. notes too. 
All right. Uh, then uh, after that match, we get an interview with Chris Jericho talking about his upcoming match with John Cena. He's basically just like John Cena's song says, his time is now. Well, no, my time is now. Walk a walk walk walk. Jesus Christ, Jericho. It's not his best I, material. No. Jericho's best material is when he's intentionally being a dipshit. Jericho is another member of that uh, nightmare commentary blunt rotation mm. where he just says shit and you're like what why is your mouth moving stop it stop yeah. no no yeah don't. so then the fourth match on the show again i didn't they really front loaded the raw matches here so we get a lot of matches we like we just keep talking about the matches that only i watched uh, yeah. before we get to anything david did uh but it's kurt angle versus eugene um mm. I don't think I realized that Eugene had Christy Hemi as a cheerleader with him. I now, I guess the varsity jacket he wears makes more sense now. Um, sure. Not that I ever thought too hard about it. Um, <clears throat> I, feel, then, I feel like, I feel like thinking about Eugene at all is a dangerous activity for one's mental state. Yeah. So Kurt Angle, uh, him and Eugene, it's basically Eugene, like Eugene has some surprises, kind of, Kurt Angle doesn't take Eugene seriously, and so Eugene gets some surprises on him. Part of Eugene's gimmick is that he is like a big wrestling a savant, mark. yeah. Yes, but uh, not just a savant, but also a big wrestling mark. So like, he does all of the moves of his favorite wrestlers. Like he hits oh. Kurt Angle with the rock bottom, and then he hits him with the stone cold stunner. That's another part of the, of the, of the angle there that see god fuck that could actually be a cute thing to do if it wasn't attached to the goddamn eugene character no mm -hmm. so that'd actually be really cute mm -hmm. no and, fuck and so basically eugene gets kurt angle in angle's ankle lock and kurt angle escapes and he's like okay okay enough of this I, I okay time to time to take this seriously and so he hits him with the angle slam and the ankle lock for the win it's not surprising the match was for kurt angle's olympic gold medal um i yeah i somehow doubt they were gonna hand that shit over so after the match kurt angle acquires like a over angle's whole identity god damn mm -hmm. so after the match kurt angle hands over a steel chair gets a steel chair and like he threatens to hit Eugene with it, but instead he just tosses Eugene out of the ring. And what Angle does with the chair is he sets it up in the ring. He stands on the chair and demands the referee put his Olympic medal on him as if he was on the podium at the 96 Olympics again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love how I love how this company is marked by so many dudes who both in and out of kayfabe. It in and or out of kayfabe, I should say, because I think Kurt Angle, I think Kurt Angle's actually a chill dude IRL from everything I know. Um, yeah, it, from, what I've, from what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I love how this whole company is marked by people who both in and or out of kayfabe are just deeply insecure about the, everything. The, so many insecure men. The WWE. It's, it's it's just a magnet for dudes who would who would rather like put their bodies through hell and back rather than just going to fucking therapy. Holy shit, yeah. dude. 
So this is this is part this seems to be part of like transitioning Kurt Angle into being like a violent sociopathic heel. Um something similar, more similar to what he was doing in TNA. Because yeah. instead of because you know, obviously we've talked about and seen that like his original heel character was more like, you know what, you know what's bad for them for the youth of today? Masturbation. That's, yes. <laughs> and they're like, boo. <laughs> they're like they're like they're like fuck you i'm gonna go home and 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 jack off to pictures of kelly kelly just to spite you i don't know kelly kelly wouldn't have been around here no i don't not know whoever the whoever uh, the fuck would have been around back but back yeah then. like he was some like howdy doody dork and <laughs> yeah. now and then he but in like after he turns face again and then turns back heel he starts becoming more uh like more of a vicious violent character and they play that idea up a lot on commentary for this match. Is that like an insane bastard? Yeah, he's he, he's he's becoming a different kind of a guy <laughs> these days. So he wasn't in TNA for terribly long, then was he? He was, but he wasn't for TNA for a long time. Uh, but he doesn't join until like 2006, 2007. Oh, okay. Like that. So, so evil, violent, so- sociopath, um, Kurt Angle in wwe is not a response to no um to to his tna persona it was like the progenitor to his dna persona got it yes. got it got it got it yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. okay i got uh, my matrix up there sure so and then uh, okay after the kurt angle match we get a skit where all the women in the company are in bikinis and doing a sexy car wash on a limo and they're doing all the things you'd expect from a sexy car wash they're wait fuck weren't we literally getting i was talking sort of about sh- i was ta- i talked to you about this but also the uh, you're right they did do kind of add stuff with this a little bit yeah no 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 because no. i remember i fucking remember seeing the ads that were like the superstars in bikinis for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they paid that shit off with an actual skit. Yes. Fuck you. Vince. So they're just for they're just hanging out in the in the parking lot, watching this limo, getting soap and water all over each other in a sexy oh way. And then we pan eventually to the back end of the limo, and on the limo is the presidential seal. And they're like, "Oh my god, is that the president's limo?" And then they roll the window down and Vince is in the backseat of the limo and Vince McMahon just looks directly at the camera and he just goes, Hey, why not? And then as the limo drives off and you see the back bumper of the limo and it has a McMahon for president bumper sticker. What fuck was this one of was this part of like the time when there was a McMahon political campaign no. going on? No, that was in 2009. This this was 2008, 2010 were when Linda tried to get into the Senate. This is Vince, just because they're in DC. Vince is planting subliminal messages for the electorate. Vincent W. McMahon. Yeah, I was actually curious. Are you like allowed to just put the presidential seal on your own car? Like, I mean, it is... probably not. But also, this is probably on like a somewhat closed set or something. May I don't know. Like, I was trying to think. Like, 
are, are they breaking the law? Did or did George W. Bush lend Vince his limousine for the night? Oh, that's a that would be a twist of tables. Vince is normally the one lending his uh his fucking limo out. Now now he's got to be the 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 rentee of the limo. Oh my god! Wait, he Vince would rent would 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 lend his limo out to Million Dollar Man as his self insert. Is Vince McMahon George W. Bush's self insert in the WWE? <laughs> oh no! But what uh, <laughs> I as I ponder a a terrible, evil future timeline where Vince McMahon ran for and became the president in 2008 instead of Barack Obama. Um, Baby. We we move to the next match. Gong. The gong oh. hits, and I no longer have to think about the worst possible timeline for 2008. The, the, the gong hits, and somehow I'm not nearly as terrified of The Undertaker as I am of this very hypothetical scenario you just, you just shoved non-consentually into my mind. I apologize. No, you don't. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I guess I really don't. Um, yeah, man, the cre- yeah the the gong hits and Jesus Christ, the crowds really just do go nuclear every single time for Taker. How did we get here? Taker was easily one of the goofiest creations of the new generation, and now we're here. And it baffles me every he time just, I stop to think about it. He just kept sticking around. He stuck around through his own time to become a nostalgia act. Yeah, he basically... The the universe was like, hey, time for you to be... Time itself was like time for you to become a nostalgia act. And Mark Calloway just kind of went, no. Yeah, it's like... He he basically he went away he he went away from the dead man character for like three years so he could be an Amer he's all American biker and now like everyone loves the dead man again like oh shit it's just like the character from our childhoods that we really liked yeah no it's so it's just so insane that like every every time I think about it Undertaker at his at, like as the concept is so fucking goofy although and have... uh we we have hit the point where he has started lightly doing some mma training so he's got his mma gloves on yeah i i did notice that i i wondered where the mma gloves came from yeah it's just because he started doing oh that mma stuff training did he ever actually like do any proper mma matches of course not uh well, I'm I'm glad. But, uh, you but, know what? But, I'm glad. I'm glad. Old man Taker has a hobby. It's good for you. Yeah, but he will. He will soon enough start being called the best pure striker in WWE. Mm. <laughs> Which, okay. Man, look. I know. I I know. I give WWE shit for leaning way too hard on the goof and not nearly enough on the you know the the fighting. But that that doesn't mean I want them to actually like pretend like they are UFC at any point. That that's not monkey paw. Please stop curling. That's not no. Yeah. Uh, so and then hey, give me what you say. Orton is here. Uh, yes. He is. <laughs> Orton is here. Uh, he get in the ring, and as soon as the bell rings, Orton heads to the outside. Pretty much. Classic uh, also, heel shenanigans. Also, there's uh uh as as the match starts up, 
they show signs in the crowd of the R.I.P. RKO thing, and the announcers are talking about the R.I.P. RKO thing, and like, uh, I can't remember who it was if it was Taz or Cole, but one of them's like, um, yeah. Uh, takers trying to make the RKO RIP and I, I stopped and I really thought about that for a second and as cute as like the RIP RKO thing is because like you know it's the three letter acronyms for both of them uh, when you really start talking about it like that it's not like RKO is an alternate name for Orton it's just his finisher so like well his wait initials. Oh, it's his, it's, it is his initials Okay, wait, no, never mind. Because so I was going to say, it just makes it sound like they're trying to retire the actual finisher. But okay, no, that is his initials. Fuck. But it's not mind. a nickname he goes by. He doesn't go yeah. by RKO, Randy Yeah, Orton. so it does It does sound a little bit like the Undertaker's just trying to make Orton, like, retire his Get a finisher. new move. Get a, Get new, a new move, move Randy. The, stipu- <laughs> the stipulation is if Taker wins, Randy can never use the RKO again. Fuck, that would have been, like, an actually, that would have been a, an actually cool, like, in a story that is entirely about legacy, yeah, yeah. it and, and, worked. And because the current way they're doing it is Randy Orton being an overdramatic bitch. At least, at least with having to retire the RKO, he would have like there would have been something material there to latch onto instead of him just you being know. like, uh, "If I lose to Taker, my career is over." Shut the. F- Fuck Maybe if Undertaker no. could be bothered to show up to do any talking besides his power, his R.I.P. PowerPoints, this is a plot idea they could have done. But like, I feel like they still could have like communicated. I don't know, whatever, dumb, dumb, dumb. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, we we start off the match. Norton goes to the outside because he's like he's trying to be. a crafty motherfucker i guess yeah but he then he gets back in the ring and taker slaps the shit out of him and i audibly laugh at it (laughs) oh my god they start they they start like um uh the taz comments on some move that taker does to orton early on i can't i can't remember what it was it was (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't a suplex for once but it was it was something else and I kind of like maybe I've brought this up before, but something I really stopped to notice that hearing Taz talk about what whatever move Taz is like. There are few announcers more adept than Taz at at putting putting over work. Like he speaks so authoritatively and eloquently about like in ring moves, and he has the the in ring background to back it up. Like if you put Taz on commentary and he's you know, allowed to actually like talk about work there, there is none finer to like make the audience understand like the impact of any given move. He's so fucking good at that. It's such a he cool is. skill for him to have. And I, I think it's kind of under, I think it's kind of underrated because Taz is usually, usually thought of as like a funny guy on commentary. And he, yeah, is. he always like, oh, hilarious. Like his, like his rant about, Jillian Hall's mole is more what people think of when they think of Taz on commentary. Yeah, or him just frothing and going, "I fucking hate that Orange Cassidy." Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he's actually like, yeah, I just wanted to give give him props for that because that's a cool skill to have. Also, the B- Brian Hebner, we have a baby Hebner here. I didn't realize that was an option. Yeah, Hebner's everywhere. Hebner, it's the family business. Reffing for mm-hmm. pretend fights. 
Yeah. Didn't, so we didn't say it was a particularly normal family business. Yeah. So it's the family anyway. business. Yeah. But the early anyway. mats, a lot of like just them punching each other back and forth. Real, real knockdown, drag out fight, as they might say. Yes. And, and it's also a lot of like Undertaker work in the shoulder because Randy Orton was in a fight with, I can't remember who recently that like fucked with his shoulder and like, man, one of my favorite silly in ring tropes is just the vaguely working of the vaguely worn out limb Mo- monstrous monstrous so, i say so much in ring psychology built on this ex- on this one basic have, concept you got to have smart wrestling they got to hurt limb you got to hurt that limb more this feels like this It'll feels like devastate them no one ever comes like, back this feels like the best time for me to bring out bring up is it one time when um Kenny Omega was training in WWE's training uh, uh, developmental. Uh, yes. The head trainer, Bill DeMott, noted dickhead, um, was giving him yeah, shit. Did Omega like, get him fired or didn't Cutler get him fired or something like that? No, Kenny didn't have anything to do with Bill DeMott being fired, but he also would attest to Bill DeMott being an abusive dick. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Ryan Nemeth is who you're thinking of as who had something oh. to do with that. Oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he kind of he kind of fell off the face of the earth for a hot second because of that. But anyway, Kenny Omega is in is in Deep South Wrestling, which is what WWE's developmental at the time was. And Bill DeMott is getting on his ass about psychology and working limbs. And Kenny's like, okay. And he would proceed to then wrestle a match in developmental during a training session where he was working over an ass. <laughs> he was working over the ass. What a king. I I would let, oh man, I'd let Kenny Omega work my ass any day. Are you kidding me? God damn. What a fuck. What a fucking kid. See, that just gives me, a, that just gives me an image of an entire match of like Kenny Omega having someone just bent over his knee and smacking their ass above. Like him just doing nothing but ass attack, attack, offense. Ass face offense. The best kind of offense. Yeah, it's, it's hysterical. It's, it's a very funny story. That's so great. Also, talking about the 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 working the limb psychology, I I I made the joke of of um no one ever comes back from this. I because a lot of times like people get the limb worked and they end up the victor. This makes me think. I would love to like start collecting data on like the best like trope predictors of victory. Like how many times, like, like, like basically like is working the limb is, is someone working your limb a predictor for you getting the dub or like is, is like how many times does like the, can they coexist narrative on commentary for a tag team indicate their loss? Like, I'd love to see like what the best predictors are. Cause I feel like working the limb is actually a great predictor for if someone's going to win a match. Cause I've, I've seen very few times. It's, 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 it's pure. Well, it's purely a heel move to do like not, baby, well, okay. faces, yes. baby faces do not generally work limbs because the, it's all about like the extremely basic plot structure of bad guy winning baby face, good guy make comeback win. So yes. It's extremely rare to see like a baby face work a limb. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but well, I feel like in this day and age, like 
Yeah, it's, I think it's a little more, more. It's yeah, it can be a little more balanced out. I guess. Yeah, you're right. But like traditionally speaking, that's your job as a babyface is to get worked. You don't do the working. That's fair. But okay. Anyway, so 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 yes, the shoulder the shoulder is being worked, and uh, also something else I noticed. This is just kind of more of a random observation. I kind of realized I don't think we've seen all that much in-ring Orton before on the show, and now we've, like, had him two weeks in a row. No, no, we have not. Yeah, I don't know if we'd seen him in-ring no, ever on the show before last week. I think our first episode had Orton versus Daniel Bryan. I think that sounds right in my head, but I could be wrong. Yes, it did, because this was when... Oh. That, there were there was a there was a whole curve thing with the kendo stick and hardcore fights. I remember that because I remember that episode had that thing on it. Uh, but other than that, that have we thing. have we watched Orton wrestle before on this show? And... You're we've right. Seen, like promos from him. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. If we maybe, have. It's maybe been extremely we... like sparing. Mm-hmm. All this to say, but now we've got him two weeks in a row. So much flopping so much flopping mm-hmm. the, now this is pre-viper so he's not doing it to like because he's a snakey snake i mean i think orton just flops because he finds it fun the way he sell i think he just gets a kick out of the way he sells and that's why he does it like every time he sells he looks like he's having fun doing it mm-hmm so the match, uh, the match uh, kind of turns a different co- turns the corner, where K- Taker goes for the big boot in the corner. Orton ducks out of it and then like kick and Orton and Taker gets like his legs stuck in the ropes, and then Orton just starts attacking the leg. Yes! Oh my leg. God! So yes, now it is time it is time for, it's time for to work a limb. It's time to work the limbs, baby. Orton's Orton's working the limb now. He's decided. He's decided. Hey, Taker. You know your leg. Fuck your leg. Uh, so he's doing everything in his power to break yep. that shit. He get he gets Taker's leg up on the rope and stomps down on it. Gets Taker's leg back up on the rope, stomps down it again. Does that shit a third time because he can. And he, everyone on commentary is like, "Oh, he's fucking up the he, leg." He take he takes. Undertaker's leg rolls up his pant leg, which I thought was fucking weird. I don't think I've ever seen Undertaker's bare legs. Um, and, <laughs> That's such a wild observation. And, and that was my first thought when I was seeing his, when he see the rolled up pants. I was like, what Me am I looking at? creature of constant surprises. You have legs. <laughs> I... The, the concept of the Undertaker having legs is so far versus versus Randy Orton, who we are keenly aware he has legs because he never wears pants. This truly yeah, is a yeah. battle of perfect opposites. Um, Sorry, I had yeah. to recover there. No, you're fine for a second. Uh, uh, but as well, I was saying, he he rolls up the pant leg because he like and take and like he has like a brace on the knee and he pulls the brace over and then he right he wraps uh, Undertaker's leg around the ring post. Yes. Oh my god, that was so fucked. The, mm-hmm. There was something that it might have happened earlier. Um Taker did like a move that commentary chalked up as like classic Taker, 
were like, I don't remember exactly what the exact like technical outcome was. I just know that Mark Calloway went fucking flying halfway across the ring uh, to uh, like do something got, to Randy Orton. He's pr- is either a clothesline or he did the he did the jump off the top rope. I don't. Yes, it was the jump mean. off the top rope. That's later Holy in the match. Okay, okay. Um, I I do have a note of when he does it. Um, but I made a note of one time Orton literally pins Mark Calloway while trying to Undertaker. Jesus, uh, you got me saying it. same difference. I mean, it is, but I, I try to keep kayfabe names here. So Orton oh, yes, pins the Undertaker with a leg lock. And I was like, whoa, I don't think I've ever seen anyone like pin a guy off of like in a leg lock sequence. Is it is it is this like when he like keeps, he was like, like when... Steve going up for like they talk about how like he has like a half of a figure four, but he just yeah. like has his leg up in the air, but he has his shoulders down, so the ref counts That's a pin on that. I was I've like, seen whoa. shit like that done with figure fours. I think yeah, we saw no. shit like that in women's revolution, but not like I guess not yeah. in that exact formation yeah no like it he was literally, it, like it, he just had the leg pulled up he didn't really have he wasn't really doing anything else that's fair that that is i i always enjoy that kind of pin where like the person has to just like they're not having the their like shoulders covers they have to like pop up of their own volition i always mm-hmm. find that kind of cool yeah and then um but or taker does when orton is doing like the stomp on the leg in the ropes thing taker uses his good leg to boot orton out of the ring and he throws orton into the steps and Taker tries to do like his signature moves. Now he does like the leg drop on the apron. Mm-hmm. But afterwards he's like, ah, my leg. And then he goes, his for leg the, got worked baby. And then he goes for the old school, which is when he goes up and walks the walks tightrope walks the, on the top rope. Uh, yes. And then he jumps down to hit it. Kind of hit, basically kind of hit him with a, with a bit of a clothesline to Randy that shit Orton. looked so sick dude but Seeing then he's somebody got of undertaker's mass flying through the ring is always just a oh man yeah That's, but oh man after died. he did it all oh, the knee buckled oh no not all all the body part working man it's it's yeah. here and then i was um, like taker hits a flatliner i i guess I've Why never not? seen him do that before. And I'm like, I mean, it makes sense for a death based character. It but does, yeah, but now that you called, mention but it, it's only called the flatliner because, because Mil Muertes does it. Oh, I thought that was a more popular. Oh, well then no. never mind. I, I mean, no, that name comes from Mil Muertes. So I was like, what? Undertaker does it in 2005? I mean, Mill is clearly an Undertaker send up, so I wouldn't be surprised if like a young Mill was like taking notes and like, oh. So then, uh, Taker goes for the Snake Eyes, which is where he picks up Orton and dumps him head first into the turnbuckle. Yes. But then, as he goes to then do the next part of the setup, is a big boot. Orton hits a drop kick, and then Orton goes for the RKO, but Taker counters. We get a re- then we get a really. Dude, sequence after this, but yeah. holy shit! Okay, no, 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 no. The fucking way that, uh, that 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 Taker, it, if if I'm thinking of the, that's the one where he, like catches him out of midair, right? Like, um, I mean, that's how you counter the RKO is he jumps up at you and you just like push him off. Just the way I maybe I think it's just because of the Taker physicality, like that. That's like the coolest counter to the RKO I've ever seen. Um, also, fuck. If we're at that part of the match, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that I that I that oh, that I missed. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. No. So 
I must have been thinking of a time way earlier when when Taker went flying because I I thought I would remember. Anyway, um, a, a few things that I want to talk about. Uh, man, I does does Brian Hebner still ref with the with with WWE or does he do other stuff now? Not a clue. Yeah. Well, see, I've man, Brian Hebner's a little baby man, scared of Taker. Taker's got got Orton in the corner and and. <laughs> Brian Hebner's trying to raise some kind of protest to Taker for his conduct. Taker just kind of like looks at Hebner, and Hebner just fucking runs out of the ring. Little little baby man. I can see why his dad's way more famous than he is. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, oh, so I think this might have been when Orton had Taker in like the the halfway figure four. Um. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole remarks that a human being's leg is not supposed to be twisted that way because Orton's got um, Taker's leg all kind of twisted. Yeah, and um, I mean, actually, the leg is perfectly fine being twisted. That oh particular no, I'm sure, but like Michael Cole's got to sell it. That's yeah, that's not what I'm commenting on this for. So, if he's saying that, that means the Undertaker is canonically a human being in 2005. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think that. He's an undead human being, but he's still like a per- a human being. I feel like that. I feel like that should change things, though. Like you are a zombie at that point. He was a necromantic, he, necromantic wizard or something or other. They, you know, kind of just depends on the. He day had a whole Shao Kahn phase, and then for a few years, he just decided he was just going to be a biker guy from Texas. He's like alive again. I sometimes think about like in kayfabe, whatever like weird rituals happen to make Taker alive again and then undead again i'm gonna like, need to, i'm gonna need to reread the undertaker comic book see if i can figure out what the figure out the lore here for oh second. please please i hope they have like weird retcon lore to make that all make sense yep i i need to read i need to read I, I assume that's a that's a dark horse joint uh dark horse did actually put out undertaker comics but i'm referring to the boom studios comic for the oh undertaker. shit Either way, Boom would Boom would definitely be the type to, to to throw in some retcons there. I could I could see you'll have you'll have to let me know. Um uh 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 oh um there's there's a point where like um Orton's got Taker literally on the ropes and he's like trying to fuck up the legs some more. And while doing that, Taker like kind of twitches out of like out of Orton's perfect grasp. And this somehow sends Orton flipping all the way to the outside. Yeah, that's what I meant. Is when that's when I was talking about him using the good leg to boot Orton out. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. See, they they sell it on commentaries him using the good leg. I just saw Undertaker like vaguely twitch, and Orton goes, "Whoa!" He was fuck just, up and over. He was just sharing. Orton was just sharing notes with Sean about how to sell tonight. Oh well, yeah. See, okay. So here's the thing uh, that, that I want to I want to talk about this. Orton is like I, I, I watching this match. Randy Orton actually is a pretty perfect opponent for the Taker. Like on a whole, Randy Orton is an exceptional like technician. He's he's versatile. Uh, he he works exceptionally well with like any of the people you put him in a ring with. Any of the legends that he kills like as fucking goofy as it was to have him facing off against kamala who looked the exact same as he did back in the golden age like 
he worked well in ring with Kamala. So, like, A, he's got the versatility to make it work, and B, like, his goofy-ass flop selling is actually, actually feels proportional to, like, taking hits from Taker here. Like, aside from that one sell, which, to my mind, was goofy because I didn't see any boot come up, but I could have just missed something. Um, Like, Orton selling like that for Taker actually does work pretty well because like takers big scary monster man who hits super hard so orton doing his whole like oh i'm stumbling around like that's actually a really fitting sell for taker mm-hmm. uh they they're they're uniquely suited for each other in that way and i do very much appreciate that yeah so after the rko counter taker put, gets orton up in a tombstone and then yes! orton rolls around like reverses so now he has undertaker in a pile driver position but then undertaker reverses it and has orton in the pile driver again and yes. then orton breaks out of it and hits him with a neck breaker yo that was such a sweet sequence dude mm-hmm. holy oh yeah fuck. and then randy orton goes to the top rope for reasons he never goes to the top rope but we've uh, had a lot of that in in recent weeks of we like have. he went to the top rope he could do that. That's an option. So he go, he goes for a crossbody off the top, and or and Taker rolls through it, grabs him by the throat, hits the choke slam, and then some dude just runs in the ring. Yeah, and like they're selling this as some kind of work, and I was I was like, is this a work? But also like that's they almost weird. convinced me that this was not part of the storyline. They did they did get me a little bit. Uh there were things I was still sussy about, but I was like I could have I was seeing the I, I could see it as like this could legitimately be like a work. The only thing that like the 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 few things that made me sussy was that it played in quite well to what happened next and also like security was being like weirdly gentle with the dude no as they opposed just... to like that time we saw yeah. some random motherfucker run into the ring to to hug roddy piper and then get absolutely black oh yeah they're, they're just like hey they're just like hey get out of the ring and yeah. then taker walks there should over be 20 and, like, dudes like pummeling this man yeah human taker, dog like, pile goozles him in the neck and then yeah. drops him and then the old guy's like all right I'm, i'll leave then but in all this kerfuffle Orton gets back up and hits Undertaker with the RKO. Well, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not quite. Win. It is, it's Orton kind of plays possum. Taker gets Orton up and then Orton's like, surprise, bitch, RKO. Ah, you're okay, you're right. Uh, so Orton hits the RKO for the win. And then we go, he goes up to the ramp where the old guy is still being escorted from the ring. And the old guy pulls off his wig and starts trying to pull his prosthetic off. It was oh my god! It was so awkward. They struggled so hard with that. Yeah, shit. it was. Orton like, it thought is... he could get a really clean peel. Yeah, and it all just started like no, individually just, chipping, and he was like, just patchy. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's, it's patchy as fuck, but it is revealed. It is Cowboy Bob Orton, Randy's father. Yeah. So apparently, Randy Orton got the Steven Crowder treatment when it came to winning this match. You love to see it. Why? Why? What the fuck? Because the storyline will continue uh, with Bob with Bob Orton involved now. Uh, fun fact: Bob Orton and Undertaker have a match together, and there's a blading, 
And this was controversial because old Bob Orton had hepatitis and didn't tell anybody. And yet they had a match where they're Bob bladed. Wait, wait, hold the fuck. We didn't get blading out of the Orton taker match, but we got blading out of the taker Bob Orton match. Yes. What the fuck? And Bob Orton had hepatitis, didn't tell anybody, and Taker was pissed. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. And this is also, I will note, the days where refs weren't, like, putting on gloves every time there was the slightest drop of blood in the ring. Because later on, in the main event, oh man, as soon as the blood starts coming out, my man takes the, that ref takes that shit with bare hands, baby. So... The, oh. Contaminant contaminants. What's that? <laughs> Bloodborne pathogens. I don't even know what half those so, words mean. So Bob Orton and, and Randy Orton both do like the pose together at the top of yeah. the ramp. Taker's pissed, and to Taker's Taker, credit. Take- Taker does not fall for the invisible wall. He no. leaves the ring and goes to go chase them the fuck down. I will say what cracked me up though was so he's walking up the ramp. He picks up the wig that I also Cowboy Bob this. was wearing and like glares down at it and then does like the eye roll back. Yes! Thing. I he have, picks up the, the wig I and then he eye rolls. I will have never seen someone get so mad over a wig before. That was that hysterical. Was, that was so good. Yes, so that was actually a really sick match. That yeah, fucking, it was. It was that memeing, memeing, memeing about limb work aside, it was a really good match. Oh One my of the god, better yeah, on was... the show. One of the better matches on the show. Easy, definitely. Um, but now it's time for the 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 dumb the dumb match of oh, well, hold not, your the, horses. Not the dumb match, but like the dumb. Oh, oh, is there another thing that I skipped? Yes, the last match that you skipped, John Ah. Cena versus Chris Jericho. Oh, hey! It was bleh, uh, because John Cena is not good enough to be having good matches with people yet. Uh, (laughs) With people, specifically. He can have a great match with a sandbag. Oh, of course. Uh, But yeah, he's not good enough to be able to, like, do his end of the work with Jericho. At this point, that's part of what people turn on him about is because they put him in there with these really good in-ring wrestlers and he beats them and the matches suck. Uh, but Cena wins, LOL. What I don't know what you thought was going to happen. Here. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. There was no real, bu- there wasn't really any bullshit though. Like as much as a lot of the story was revealed about like Eric Bischoff and Carlito, none of that, none of that mattered. He just beat. Jericho straight up, pretty pretty straightforward. Am I now? Yeah, Carlito does not is that's spit in not, the face, spit, spit in the face guy. Yeah, oh, that is Santino. Santino makes fun of him for it, but Carlito oh, is Carlito is and the, Santino are different people. Okay. Yes, they are. I get Santino the makes fun of the Santino makes fun of it with the spit swap spit with oh. men who are cool, but <laughs> oh, Carlito oh, is it, apple yeah. skin. Is this is, is the guy who actually does the spinning? And the, yes. And Santino comes along to swap spit. Of course. Um, yeah, okay. So now we get we get the we get the match that is like the most 
This what? is the SmackDown main event of the show. SmackDown main event. The, the most baffling decision JBL has ever made of, I can make this match anything I want, and I'm going to make it no holds barred, as if that's not the perfect match type for Batista. Oh, God. Yeah, so apparently, apparently Batista is from D.C., going to get that hashtag hometown heat. Yeah, so old J- Jibbles comes out old of his Jibbles. stupid limo. And you know, I, I really noticed this during good old Jibbles' entrance. That, like, tunnel they have where, like, it's they, they have the, the, the fucking border to, to the tunnel where the graphics come out of, and the graphics are all kind of, like, flush up along this, like, this border and nothing else. That mm-hmm. looks, like, really annoying to look at graphics on, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I'm not doing a good job describing it, but, like, it's this, like, incline projector screen sort of thing. It's really thin and long, and they're trying to, like, project full images onto it. It it pisses me off every time I look at it. It got dumber every every with every glance. Um, yeah, but J- Jibble is here, and as, as he exits his car, some... So something starts falling from the ceiling and Taz and Cole are like, oh, oh, what's that? They, they are so confused by the concept of confetti. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, it must be confetti. And as soon as they say it must be confetti, I take one look at this confetti and I'm like, those are those are money bills with JBL's face on them, aren't they? Uh-huh. And sure they're enough. JBL bucks. $100 they fall to the ground with JBL's face on him. And Michael Cole and 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 uh and Michael Cole and Taz take way too long to be like, "What? It's actually money with JBL's face." Yes, thank you. We were we we were all way ahead of you on this one. Yeah, C- catch so, up, please. Uh Batista does his entrance. He's about to go to the hey, yeah. And then JBL runs up to meet him and they just start brawling over by the production equipment. They just they just start fighting on the outside as as you do during a blood feud. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we JBL and they just fight all over the bat production area near where the ring is, and then through some of the crowd. JBL. Yeah, JBL gets a chair and threatens to hit Batista with it, and Batista spears him through the barricade. Spears him through the barricade, which was actually like really fucking cool. That was sick. Um, so they find they finally do get in the ring. And the the ref doesn't call for the ring of the bell. Yeah, I thought that was very confusing. I was like, what? I, that, that must have been. Either we missed the bell just being rung at the beginning anyway, or the ref just forgot to call for the bell to be rung. And yep. either way, stupid. Yep. Yeah, so JBL grows to the timekeeper, rips his belt off, and then he uses it to whip Batista. Yeah, I think JBL well- is annoyed with the timekeeper right now as I am. As well as choking Batista out, which leads to a moment I thought was very funny. So they got Batista is being choked up against the ropes. He is like passing out as we speak. And you got the ref in here. He's like, hey, Batista, do you want to stop? Do you want to stop? Come on, let me know. Do you want to stop? Yeah, Batista's being actively choked out. And the ref ref is like, hey, so so you're going to like... You're gonna like tell me if you need anything, right? And Batista's over here going. <laughs> just, let, just let me know. And the rest like want, cool, good talk. Just let me want. Just let me know if you want to give up. Just let, <laughs> absolutely. Also, Austin, while watching this, revealed himself to be a lariat purist. What a dweeb! 
how dare you? Uh, but yes, they JBL hits the clothesline from hell, and I remarked about how it is technically a lariat because a lariat. The difference between a clothesline and a lariat is that you swing in a lariat, you swing your arm forward, whereas in a clothesline, you do not. Clothesline from hell is just a street name for a lariat. It's fine. Not to me, it's not. Oh my god, you, you fucking purist. Goddamn but knockouts, then, am I right? Um, yeah, but then Batista so, kicks out of the clothesline. Of gah, gah, gah. Wow, no way. Baby I love, yeah, I love how, I love how in this no holds barred match, the extent we get from JBL to like get one up on Batista is threatening him with a chair, choking him out with a belt, which actually is kind of vicious, and then just clotheslining him and that's well, it he, well, none of, gets, neither of these well, motherfuckers to, came to the ring with weapons none well, he, of that's true well he goes to go get the stairs and he puts the stairs in the ring and he threatens to do a pile driver i guess i don't know what he was going for uh Man. but batista body back body drops him and then batista hits a spine buster and then goes on in the ropes <laughs> and then he hits a batista bomb and then he not on the him. stairs, by not the on the way. stairs, yet. like a dumbass. But then the crowd is like, one more time, one more time. And Batista then does Batista the Batista has bomb. a whole ass moment to like come to the epiphany that he can, in fact, Batista palm JBL onto the step. I don't think he considered this previously. So he's like, oh. Yeah. And then he picks he picks JBL hits the Batista bomb one more time. One, two, three, boom. Yeah, wow, that then, was a and, stupid and fucking match. It was not a good match at all. That was not uh, a good match at all. I that was the not... lamest ass. J- JBL was talking all that good shit. And the most we got out of him was some light belt choking. Oh my yeah. god. No no wonder this man's career flopped so fucking hard and he had to I, be a Fox News commentator or whatever. I do not like JBL as an in-ring wrestler. I'm pretty I mad don't like on JBL ba- at all. Well, yes. And I'm pretty That's mad on JBL. Batista as an in-ring wrestler. So I guess I don't know what I could have expected to happen here, except a match I don't like. Um, I do not like that JBL. I do not like him very well. I'm not finishing the rhyme because I'm not good at it. So, damn it! I, I moving it on. Batista rips up a JBL buck on the way out. Roo ha ha! And 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 Michael Cole, <laughs> Michael Cole, as as he watches Batista rip up the JBL hundo, only now realize this is probably not legal tender. <laughs> Thanks. Cole. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Cole. Oh let's, my god. Let's, let's move on to the main event of this the show. The, and the okay, the main event, the true main event happened two matches in. Let's let's be real here. But okay, yes, the main event. The legend versus an I the icon. Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. And apparently one more match was a thing that people were chanting at Hogan in 2005. And frankly, I don't like to imagine that. I don't like to think of that. 
that you people were like, we need more Hulk Hogan matches. We need more. We need more Hogan. Dude, these people were marking out so hard for Hogan. It yeah, hurt me so bad. We get I guess a this is before that whole sex tape thing came out. Way so, before. Yeah, okay. Uh, and even then, I don't think Hogan stopped getting cheers until never. I'm going to say yeah, never. True. A- they did have him back for wrestlemania 38 or whatever it was it was a little muted it was a little muted in wrestlemania in 2021 it wasn't quite the explosive pop that you might have expected but you know uh, people have never stopped cheering for the hulkster (sighs) never um so okay video package for this was pretty good it did a good enough a good job of like hitting the highlights of this absolutely insane story we, we did we did uh i i did appreciate that in in the midst of this video package we got just a a, gr- a great shot of of hbk's ass while he was putting on his gear that was that was that was good um it was I mean, it was a really sick video package i'm gonna go hang myself now for saying that but 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 austin i can't i can't help but 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 feel like this video package left out some some crucial uh shall we say story context for why we're here all right so let's i think this is a good moment before we get into the match and yes what happened let's talk about the backstory of this match that (laughs) i was so wanting to talk about in the front half but david was like no i I want a pure interpretation of this match before we get into the backstory and I said, okay. I, I, I will say, I feel like watching the match, I did get a good general gist of of probably what happened backstage. Uh, so, yeah, so let's go. So this match, yeah, please. it was designed, I mean, just to be a big money dream match thing. I mean, Hogan's here and in as good a shape as he could be in 05. Sean's yeah. here and he's doing great. Why not? They've never had a chance to cross paths before. Let's yeah, go no. for it, you know? They uh, were never really in each other's sights, like back in the old Yeah, days. H- Hogan left before Sean was a big enough name that he would have fought Hogan. And, and then like, Hogan- mega powers were uh, probably a little too broken up before they could ever go up against the Rockers. Oh, very much so. Uh, so, yeah, so the match initial, the initial idea for the match was at least two matches. I okay. have heard three sometimes but the idea was is that at least very minimum first two matches were going to be split between the two of them and then hogan wins the first sean wins the second and then i've heard a story of sean goes over the third i've heard sean in trying to get hogan to do the feud offer to put hogan over in the third match i've either way point is there's supposed to be a multi-feud multi-month kind of a thing Mm -hmm. And Hogan said, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, my back is not feeling up to multiple matches here, dude. So I think that we're going to need to do, cut this down to one match. Single and match. And I go over. Uh-huh. That is, that's how that's going to have to that's work. That's how there, that's going to go, brother. <laughs> So Otherwise, Sean, say it with me. That's not going to work, gonna work for me, for me brother. brother. Sean learned the hard way that he was a politic and little bastard because of the help of the click 
and the specific and the specific need that the specific and the specific kind of desperation that Vince felt in the late nineties, afraid that Sean was going to jump ship to WCW. Yes. Uh, he has never dealt with someone who just politics for the sake of politicking. <laughs> Like, like Hulk Hogan, like so, man Mike, has Michael, Hogan Michael's, never needed no help. He never needed no buddies to back him up. He just did it himself, and he Michael's did it he Michael's could. fucking yeah. The the if if anything the 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 League of Hogan friends brought Hogan's profile down. None yeah. of them were on were ever on his level ever. And like Shawn Michaels over here getting all cocky because he was the reason for the Montreal screw job. Like. He helped his politicking help pull off one of the most infamous moments in all of wrestling history ever. Completely taking out of context the fact that the Montreal screw job was born out of pure desperation on Vince's part and a whole like fucking complicated situation with Bret Hart. Whereas Hogan, Hogan is Hogan the most fucked, popular sean fucked brett by being a little dickhead and and pissing brett off when brett had creative control in his contract hogan fucked brett by just being like that'll work for all oh, sure that i'll don't... put you over later brother later sorry that'll work for me brother yeah hogan hogan's great at cashing ious that never came in um no but like fucking fu yeah brett hart uh sean uh, michaels i think just maybe forgot that Hulk Hogan is the single biggest name to ever come out of pro wrestling ever. And Shawn Michaels, legend though he may be, is not. Yep. So he got, he got fucked by this whole arc backstage. He was, it was going to be a whole thing. Hogan, he was going to get a say, he was going to get put over by Hulk Hogan. And Hogan said, no way, dude. <laughs> No way, We're dude. We're doing one match, and I'm going over. And I'm going over, brother. So, Sean decided, well, if I am expected to put over Hulk Hogan tonight, put him over, I shall. I will. <laughs> oh. Oh, and did he? Yeah, and so that is why in my notes, and I made a note, and I made a comment to this to David, is... Sean Michaels, when he gets down on his knees in his entrance and starts praying, I wrote, Sean is praying for forgiveness for what he is about to do. David, not knowing what was to come, took this to just be a remark on how, uh, on, you know, say your prayers, Hulk Hogan, beating yes. one of the Lord's favorite wrestlers. No, no, no. I was no. talking about what Sean, how the cell job Sean was about to do. That's what he's praying for forgiveness for. Dear Jesus, let me flop harder than I've ever flopped before. So, Give me the flopping powers of Ric Flair. Yeah, so Sean comes out and they, the whole big Hogan chants start breaking out as everyone is ready for Hulk Hogan to come out. They are so many shout, Hulk Hogan. I will say, I, uh, I, I will say, shout out to the, to the, to the, to the like few motherfuckers in the crowd who have some collective signs that just sell out that just spell out Brett. Shout out to those people and those people alone who are definitely here. Like I wish everybody involved a very you're not Brett Hart. They 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 were rooting for the meteor here in this main event, and I and I respect that. I I I sympathize with that. I I'm I feel you, brothers. Yeah, but all oh, so many Hulk Hogan signs, dude. And God. then he comes out the the immortal 
Hulk Hogan. That is his new nickname since coming back to the WWE. I the wouldn't immortal. be surprised if, if Hulk Hogan legitimately just thinks he's going to live forever. He's like, and then Hogan's die, brother. I'm, I'm never going to die, dude. Power of Hulkamania will live forever. forever. Well, I, the, all you, the, the, the faith, trust, and pixie dust of all the Hulkamaniacs out there will keep me kicking for centuries oh, Lord. to come, dude. Is Hulk Hogan Tinkerbell? Does he <laughs> Probably. get power from Cheers? Is that... Yes. Yes. Some Why do you people, think he was able to politics so effectively? Some people would say that he is physically breaking down now because of the because of the damage that the leg drop did to his body. But have you no, considered that actually it's because he never does sh work shows anymore and doesn't get pops? He's, he's breaking down because of the sex tape controversy. People stopped cheering him and now he's dying. Yes, that that is a Jimmy Jimmy Hart is turning is turning to the audience and going, I need all you little Hulkamaniacs out there to say to say I believe, Daddy. Oh, say, I, say, I, believe I believe in Hulkamania, Daddy. Hulkamania, Daddy. Hulkamania, Daddy. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> so so of course I am a real man. Holy shit. Hogan's pyro goes off and a humongous American flag Nuclear. that covers the entire stage. Oh, my Christ. That shit. Falls yeah, down. I refer to you to my shit from earlier where I'm like, what type of dweeb brings an American flag to a wrestling show in 2005? Cue the, 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 the fucking american flag that i think rivals the state of delaware in size that they drop down from the ceiling inside of this arena holy fuck oh my god that was that was that was something oh man yeah there's there's the goddamn flag we do, a, um, we do get a quick cut to sean in the ring while the american flag bit is going on and sean is miming a shovel <laughs> <laughs> He's like Hogan burying brother, burying me, brother. He's uh, he's sending a, he's sending messages this whole time. He, oh, <laughs> Sean, Sean Michaels, is Sean on his Michaels. worst behavior tonight. <laughs> Sean Michaels is like, I'm just gonna have fun with this one. <laughs> yeah. So, so also, I Hogan enters something I always forget about his like modern contemporary career get up is that he comes out with multiple super fluffy feather boas <laughs> which i look at that and i'm like i feel like if hulk if hulk hogan if terry balea saw saw any other dude, man wearing something like that several slurs would fly out of his mouth but I guess it's okay for him to wear it, dude. You, there's oh, something about Hulkamania, brother, that makes these bows real manly, dude. I don't know how I'm to not, explain I'm it. Not, well, you know, brother, I'm not one of those. Uh, can't say that word, Hulk. I can't say that word on air. Brother. I can't say that word on TV anymore. The 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 woke the the wokesters might might cancel the Hulkster, brother. <laughs> what what what's what's cancel culture gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you, brother? <laughs> I'll send, I'll send all my little Hulkamaniacs to cancel you. Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, 
I did make note of Hulk Berry a Hulk Berry Crunch sign sign that looks like a big cereal box, but they spelled Berry B U R Y B U R Y, and yeah, it's called H B K. Oh my God! Oh, dude, fucking people. We're in the advent of the internet. People definitely knew what was going on behind the scenes here. Meltzer was definitely reporting on this shit. Oh, oh, Meltzer, absolutely. I, I should have. I have. A, I now have an Observer subscription. I should have went back and looked at what Meltzer had to say about any of I'm this. I'm sure he had some very quippy, quippy one-liners about Hogan practice. Uh, I, I'm sure he had a very quippy one-liner about something, something Hogan's coming for Undertaker's job with how much he's burying Shawn Michaels. <laughs> was, Al, was Brian Alvarez working with Meltzer at that point? Because I'm sure he had a very, very positive things to say. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So so Hulk gets in the ring, rips off the shirt. You know, the, the All right. Whole... And so... Yeah, let's skip on to the match now, and yeah. you can immediately tell what's happening. They lock up, down. and First. immediately I put in my notes, oh no, it's gonna be stupid. <laughs> yeah, David seems to have taken real offense to this match, and I am like, this is the stupidest meme glorious this is the glorious meme i was hoping it would be no it was great it was hilarious it was just it's so stupid right so they get in the lockup hogan throws sean out of the lockup and sean does like two flips and because sean just has decided that you know has a little bit of a fuck you to this whole politic and nonsense here he is going to sell like a cartoon character tonight. Yeah. This Sean's is going like, to become a parody of Hulk Hogan matches. Sean's like, Sean's like, you want me to put you over, brother? Be careful what you wish for. I will put you all the way over to the moon, and you can drown out there without any fucking oxygen. Um, yeah, this... But- yeah, see, except here's the thing. I went on a journey with this because I didn't fully notice at first Shawn Michaels' sell job because I know that Shawn Michaels sometimes can just have a propensity to sell like a cartoon character. I've seen how that man goes down when he gets like when he gets hit the right way. He can be goofy about it too. He he belongs he belongs in the club. Um, but like so so here here's how you know i went on a journey with this is after my oh no it's gonna be stupid note my next note was a couple of minutes into the match because i had fuck all to say about this i i did note that they they did the lockup hogan puts him off sean falls over himself twice and then crumples they did that shit a second time and then kind of a third time which just solidified that i thought it was going to be real fucking dumb uh but there's one point a, a couple minutts into the match Shawn Michaels is on the outside after Hogan's like just dicking around on him. Which and- I, I, I made a note of this because Sean gets hit with a light shoulder tackle and he fall tumbles forward twice and out of the ring. And then he starts throwing a hissy fit on the outside and Hogan throws his bandana at him. Man, it's kind of a it's kind of a wonder that I didn't didn't like notice early on. Like I, I th- that I was able to hand wave that much like overselling mm-hmm. on Sean's part, but I did have a note that was literally maybe I'm projecting, but Sean looks very unamused at this whole situation. <laughs> no, you know, part of it is he's playing a heel, but also 
He was very no, 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 no. This wasn't this wasn't like him throwing a hissy fit. This is him getting knocked to the outside, and he's just kind of like standing in the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And he's, he stands there, and he's just... got he's got this look on his face that's like, eh. <laughs> like it's he's not playing it up super hard. It just looks like legitimately Shawn Michaels, the real Shawn Michaels, came through, and he was like, I can't fucking believe i have to do this shit why did i ever let Vince talk me into this um but yeah uh another note from me of just why is this the main event i i would hope i would hope that you caught on to what was happening here at this point that i have a note of is uh hogan throws sean into the onto the top turnbuckle and he just kind of sean just stays there laying on the top turnbuckle and Hogan kicks him, and Sean jumps up in the air and falls back down, and they do that a couple of times until Sean lands. I, yeah, I was. Yeah, that is, that, that's that's where I that's where I caught it because like I did because I throw in a note as I watched like Sean's really goofy selling of like this is the dumber version of the selling dynamic I was talking about with the Orton Taker match. Um, and I just made a little note that like I need to see Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair just have a sell-off against each other. I want to see who's got the best flop. But like, yeah, it was it was that. So Shawn Michaels is laying on top of the 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 like the ring post, and Hogan comes and give him the gives him the weakest ass kicks up I've ever seen. And Shawn goes flying, like and flops back down and i make a note of this is where i make the note of sean come on you're just making fun of this guy at this point it's mean to make fun of delirious old men so this is where i started to catch on oh oh this is entirely on purpose this is entirely sean just just flipping hogan the bird yep uh sean uh hogan clothesline sean over the top rope and out of the ring and sean falls forward spasms up until he rolls back on top and then he falls over again <laughs> your descriptions of this are pure magic i'm so glad you got it in this much detail i was like i need to make notes of all the best dumb bullshit that happens in this match because unfortunately this is now the portion of the match where sean takes over and, it, and he stops selling like an idiot for a hot well oh, temporarily stop yeah so sean he sent I, I made a note of this is sean tries to like whip hogan into the turnbuckle pad hogan blocks him is like no 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 brother and sean just slaps him in the face yeah pretty much and 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 fucking michael's like or no hogan looks deeply offended by this and i i think it was like lawler on commentary is like you don't you don't do that to hulk hogan i've never seen anybody I've never seen anybody slap Hulk yeah. Hogan like that ever. And I'm just over here like good. Yeah. Fucking. So they get they they get to the outside. Hogan power body slams Michaels onto the Spanish announce table and then just starts like punching him real hard in the face. Um Hogan starts going back and forth into the ring to break out the to break the count out rule. Uh and then Sean tears up the Spanish announce table to get up off of this announce off of this table. Uh, it flips over. Uh, Hogan tosses Sean into the ring post. Sh Hogan gets Sean up on his shoulder to do it again. Ho Sean pushes Hogan into the ring post. And Hogan 
proceeds to walk all the way to the other side of the ring. Sean follows him, pushes him into the ring post on the opposite side of the ring. And then Hogan walks all the other way around to come the, back to the oh announcement. Oh my God. Why, he why did he do twice. this? Why did he do this? I don't know. He just, because he can. It just, every, the match gets dumber with every passing second. So then Sean gets, so then Sean just starts punching Hogan in the face a lot, huh? Almost as yeah. if he's trying to set up for a blade job. And whole boy does he because Hogan pops up and he has apparently cut his entire forehead. Because yeah, they got Hogan a blade for this and how and how. Oh, yeah. My man's fucking the, the face is immediately drenched mm -hmm. in like Hogan two is seconds. bleeding and bleeding hard. See. You would think Hogan would be the type of guy to be like, yeah, the Hulkster doesn't bleed, brother. But, like, he seems to, like, when he does bleed, he goes all the fuck in for it. And, like, it has to be, like, a triumphant hero's return thing. But holy shit, yep. dude. So, Sean, in continuing to just make this match a parody of 80s Hulk Hogan matches, um, <laughs> puts Hogan in a sleeper hold. And I noted how Hogan bled way the fuck all over Sean's arm. Oh my god, all the way down to his elbow and like dripping off. It was yeah. insane. Shawn so, Michaels keeps Hogan in the sleeper hold for like a solid two minutes. A long time. A long ass time. And Hogan like is just, Hogan just sl fades slower than molasses. The ref finally, after way too long, goes to do the like arm pickup thing One. with Hogan. One, two, two, and the third and one, Hogan rallies. Literally, how? No, that's not physically pot. You just got choked out for like two minutes flat. You no, mm -hmm. you don't. You don't get to rally like so, this. Shut the yeah, fuck so up. Hogan back does a back slam to Sean to get him to let go, and Sean starts convulsing a little He's bit. <laughs> My man's Absolutely. having a seizure. Oh, God, somebody hold his head. All right, so then Sean starts trying to hit his signature moves. He goes for the flying forearm and then the kip up, and then he goes for the elbow drop, but he misses, and Hogan is like, you. you. But then Hogan goes for the big boot, and Sean does another flying forearm, knocking Hogan over and knocking the ref over. Uh, so then he goes for another kip up, he goes, he goes to go to the elbow drop. Then he's like, nah, nah, I got a better idea. Sean puts Hulk Hogan in the sharpshooter. We have another ref come to the ringside by this point. And yes, ho fucking Sean sits Hogan into the sharpshooter, except that is a modified it was a very sharpshooter. It was a very shitty sharpshooter. It was a, it was a very blunt sharpshooter. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think, I think this sharpshooter, uh, it's, it's, uh, the gunfire was misfired. Um, I couldn't think of a, it jammed the sharpshooter jammed. That's sharp what I shooter. meant. Fucking. Yeah. I assume this was because Hulk Hogan's back was not all that up to snuff. That but and also... Sean just can't do the sharpshooter. <laughs> How, how can you not do the sharpshooter? Because he sucks at it he just does <laughs> yeah my man's like sticking his ass out and it's like no you just do a sit you just 
you you yeah. sit on your opponent's ass. What's what's difficult about that? Yeah, I imagine a lot of it was bat Hogan's back, but also I've never seen Sean really do a truly good sharpshooter. That's so funny. that's that makes the Montreal screw job all the funnier that that Shawn Michaels fucking one with a sharpshooter that was probably poorly executed mm-hmm. that's funny yeah so hogan crawls his way to the ropes uh he slaps the mat a couple of times so jonathan coach is, is like, like he <gasps> tapped out and it's like no he no it you can, no, he's just you can to... you can tap your hand on the mat without tapping out that's gotta be three times in succession come on sean yeah so hogan so hogan gets to the ropes Sean tries to get in the sharpshooter again, and Hogan kicks Sean off of him and sh- knocks Sean into the second referee. Yeah, another ref down. Man, this is starting to feel like symbolic for the the backstage struggles with um deciding the match. Yeah, so Hogan is limping hard to sell this sharpshooter, but he goes to pick up Sean. Sean uppercuts him in his 10-inch penis. And, <laughs> Sean... and and Hogan looks mildly miffed at this compared uh... to all the cartoon selling that Michael's been doing this whole match. Hogan gets cheap shotted and goes, Ugh. So Sean goes to get a chair. He stands in the corner and waits for Hogan to get up. Hogan takes 30 years to get up and turn around. And oh, ha- and Sean still hits him with the chair. I thought it was a setup for somebody to steal the chair. But no. Hogan no. Is Hogan's just slow. that slow. <laughs> that back, man. It'll get you every time. So then elbow drop from Sean. Sean starts tuning up the band the for the Sweet Chin music. And then he hits Hogan with the sweet chin music, but then one, one two, Hogan two, no! tosses Sean off of him. And, and then Sean uh, goes uh, flying uh, just about uh, as far uh, as you would expect. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he also, he also, he starts having another seizure. Someone should really check on him. Hogan hulking up and Sean. Hogan hulking up. Oh, oh my God. This got me so hard. I'm so glad to know we're not the only ones because he, he starts hulking up. And he points at Sean, and the whole fucking audience goes, you! (laughs) Incredible. I'm so glad we're not the only ones who every single time he does that goofy-ass hog-up sequence, we're going, you! (laughs) So, Hogan does the sequence. He does hit the big boot, and Sean rolls through halfway around the ring (laughs) off the big boot man i kind of wish that sean had just gone like like obviously this was balls to the wall i wish sean had gone balls to the ceiling i don't know and just like made the cells like even more ridiculous like Hogan big boots him, and Sean just needs to somersault all over the, the perimeter of the ring. That would make this, like, true, perfect performance art, and, like, honestly, the perfect send-off match for Hogan of, like, we're just gonna make fun of how goofy all your shit in the 80s was. All right, That's- so, Sean, yeah. yeah. Hogan hits the leg drop, and in the words of Jim Ross, Hulkamania lives. 
Hulkamania lives. This is like this. This is like the ending of God's Not Dead Two, where they're like, where they get out of the courtroom and they're like, "Dead, he's truly alive." Yes, because the the second movie was about a court case that inevitable that eventually becomes is God dead or not, and (laughs) they come and they come to the conclusion that God is not dead, and then and then there's this whole crowd of people at the courthouse being like, "Yeah, that's what this." remind me of the idea of like hulkamania lives as if that was in question would have hulkamania, hulkamania be dead is if a Sean had just won hulkamania is a is a tired outdated lethargic zombie at this point but it still indeed lives in one form or another hulk hulkamania is in the retirement home potentially <laughs> It is potentially on um, end of life care. Yeah, uh, Hulkamania is. It, it's very possibly about to be transferred to hospice care. Yeah, that was the word I was trying to think of. Yeah, yep. Hulkamania is 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 pushing towards towards hospice. We may, but it we is may have already been to the grave. It may have raised back from the dead. <laughs> the <laughs> complete look, huh, uh, slow confused as to why it's still around hungry for the brains of anyone poor enough to cross its path but damn it if it still ain't walking yeah so after the match hogan hot dogs for four we checked the timer there is four minutes left for hogan hot dogging but in the middle of it we do get sean coming back in the ring and being like i needed to know and I found out, and he offered a handshake, and Hogan Commentary takes it. really wants to push that line to be like, see, look, there's no bad blood between them. What are the forums talking about? No. Yeah, Shawn Michaels proceeds to turn babyface immediately after this match. <laughs> yeah, as soon so as, as, yeah, right, which brings everything into question as to why he acted like he did prior. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Shawn Hogan... We, we the show ends out with Hogan just posing and and flexing and you doing whatever. And Jr. Jr. is like, yeah. It, I, when when Sean goes to shake Hogan's hand, I'm like, okay, so the hot dog is almost done. No, no, no. We got like another two minutes left on that shit. Uh, Jr. says, I forget what he said, but it said he, he's basically he starts he basically jerking said, off America, and he's like, this is Americana right here. Yeah, Hulkamania. He, he outs himself as a shameless Hulkamaniac, the rare Jim Ross L. You hate to see it. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was dumb. Uh, good good thing that wasn't the main event. Dumb right. in the funnest way possible, I must say. Uh, oh my god, no! You absolutely need to go. If you've never seen this match, please, please. go watch the, Go watch it. <laughs> Shawn Michaels deserves some like kind of postmodern theater award for the por- for the performance he put on inside that match. It was the perfect response to every to so much of what I fucking hate about Hulk Hogan. Dude. Yeah, so we rewind back to the third match on the show. The real main event. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero for the custody of Dominic. And um yes. I, I noted that Michael Cole and Taz put on their somber, serious voices. Yes, which is funny because because I watched the tiny bit before this where it was revealed that the SummerSlam theme song is Remedy by Seether and it looks just about as 3ID5Me as you would expect. And uh, to, 
Michael Cole is like, yeah, it's it's like a super great song, and Taz is like, yeah, I fucking hear it playing. I know it's a I know it's a great song. You silly girl pants. What what does that mean? So we go from Taz calling Michael Cole a, and I cannot stress this enough, silly girl pants, to they put on their their somber their somber uh lay somber voices. Uh, as I, I, I do, as I do the Leo pointing meme at the match graphic, because, oh my God, it's finally here. Yeah, we are the here match now. graphic that everyone has memes for that you, you've seen Rhea Ripley's face <laughs> photoshopped onto so many times in the past few months. Of course. So this match, we note that Dominic has been brought ringside by the social worker. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Also, one more thing about the 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 match, the, the match graphic. They spelled Dominic's name wrong. How did they, they spell it? They spelled it with a C. They spelled it D-O-M-I-N-I-C-K. Let me check something. Yes, it I, is not. It is not with a C. I is, no, I did double check that because I have because I have I remember like looking at his name and seeing only a K and I was like, wait, what the fuck? I in my I in my notes only write K because but that's quicker that way. I don't know. It feels I didn't know like such right a perfect name. encapsulation of the utter like nonsense of this story that they just flagrantly get the the name of the kid that's central to this whole thing spelled wrong on the um. Uh, on the thing, yeah. So Taz and Michael Cole put on their sad voices. They play a, as they play a hype package for the match. That's sad music. Please don't think about how fucked up all of this is. Yeah. So again, as I as I said, uh, the social worker has brought Dominic ringside. Fantastic. I'm glad. Why? That, I'm glad what? that that happened. Why is she signing off on this? So okay. And I, I made a note of this because, like, if you, internet discourse about this match and this whole story arc is almost like a, uh, you know, they treat the idea of like Eddie being Dom's real father as like something that is not taken for granted, taken assumed true in the story. Like, it's kind of tr- like I think like because the I think the way the internet has kind of like ended up looking back on this match, they forget. Like they act like it's a question of parentage. Nope. Which in the story, no, it's not. They no, are like not. Eddie is Dom's biological father. That is not a question at all. And which that like was, that was probably the second biggest surprise to me is how very straightforward they were about that about this arc. Obviously, number one was the Ray Mysterio offering. Uh, I also, situation. but I also have to like wait. So, so other people comment on the fact that Ray fucking offered. That this was Ray's no idea. nobody nobody brings that shit up. Nobody and, brings that shit up. And I'm like, fuck. nobody remembers Bruh. that part. And I'm like, what the fuck? See, I feel like this has had a reevaluation though, because now that like in current day Dominic is heel, like everyone is constantly making jokes about how he takes after his real yeah, bad Eddie yeah, Guerrero. Like, yeah, now that Dom is on screen playing a heel wrestler, everyone's like, hey, just like his poppy. Just and, like his like, poppy. And before... like it seems like they're leaning into it on TV too. Like mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you know, he's he's actually a Guerrero. Fuck. Yeah, they, but before that, that's not that's that, that wasn't really the case before this specific yeah, no. day stuff. Um yeah. Oh God! Yeah, but but no, nope. It's he's 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 Eddie's son for true. That's 
that's just how it is baby yeah so eddie and ray come out each come out and they each walk over to where dom is i wrote dom his facial expression never changes and i make that note several times oh i have a couple i have a couple uh couple oh i have i have a notes about this but dom, eddie just kind of like looks at him but ray does the thing he usually does with a kid in the well, crowd and does like the forehead thing at him yeah okay wait, wait, wait. I, I do have to make a note before before we get into this so as eddie's coming out taz in his solemn serious voice to, has a comment about if i were ray mysterio i couldn't fathom wrestling a match for the custody of my son uh and somewhere young hook just breathed a sigh of relief after jimmy snook has been eyeing taz for a new age rivalry of course absolutely uh and ray comes out on like i forgot about this the fucking ray vader he yeah before who's like, that because his theme is who's that jumping out the sky so you need yeah, him to like literally he, be like a fucking up human toaster like, yeah what's like okay i do have a like logistic question about that because that looks separate from the entrance ramp so is that just like always there and radius has to hide in it until it's like time or like is it he, built over a trap door or is it like connected yeah, backstage somehow I or like i think it's built over a trap door i think that's how that works that's so there how the fuck do these arenas all have like such conveniently placed trap doors that doesn't seem like probable i'm pretty sure that's just part of their set building though to be able to do that oh okay i mean maybe i didn't think they built up ah, whatever um so so yes so ray so ray does the does the forehead thing with dom and then and then like kisses him on the forehead so eddie of course not to be outdone goes back go goes back out outside back to dom and the social worker and like shakes the social worker's hand and like taz calls her calls him a brown no and he also like points at the contract to, to dom he's like i'm about to win that I'm about to win that and get uh, excited also, buddy this is where i learned that michael cole's sons are adopted i did not yeah, know that i also noted that because that's cole, because because michael cole brings this up as part of a point of like that doesn't make you know just because he's not your biolog dom is not at ray's biological son doesn't make him any less of his son heartbreaking the worst person you noticed made a great point fuck god damn it <laughs> We we are the kind worst, of like the worst comment right the now, worst though. commentator you know made a good point. That's we are like, like kind of face Michael Cole, uh, and, yeah. and we're also like kind of at face Taz at least when it comes to this angle. I love how fucking like malleable Taz's moral compass always is. Like Taz is technically a heel commentator, but like half the time he's pretty like reasonable and just sometimes has like these mm -hmm. biases that he's like like it's almost like he remembers oh yeah i'm supposed to be a dick so we'll yeah. just throw shit in sometimes but even taz is like taz explicitly states that he's pulling for ray mysterio on this one we are meant to understand that there is no greater villainy in the wwe right now than eddie guerrero of course eddie is the biggest piece of shit in the company right now ever in the world actually fuck that guy um, yeah so this match had two big things going on the first of which being absolutely terrifying falls and moves done with ladders oh my god apparently this was ray's first ever ladder match which like how but also that's kind of sick mm -hmm. and ray was like i will have no self-preservation in this match at all i don't think ray mysterio ever has self-preservation he just says he just says fuck it we're doing it live and that's why i love him yeah, I mean, uh, pretty quickly into the match, Ray drop kicks a ladder that Eddie is holding, 
and then Eddie Ray he dives out to the from the from the ring to the outside, and he lands on Eddie having jumped over the ladder that Eddie was holding. Oh my god! Uh, there's another part earlier on where um they're like up toward like um I guess I guess, I guess a little bit in uh they're both on top of a ladder and like Eddie fucking like attempts a sunset flip but botches it. Oh and... yes, 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 yes. But no, like I also, do. it kind of feels more fit. I, I'm skipping over some stuff here, but like in that vein, like this is another example of like there's some scary shit. But also like the bot sunset flip, it probably wasn't intentional. It looked like Eddie tried to execute a move and just couldn't get it. Yeah, this, but this, like that's just kind of sloppy in a good way. Um, yeah, it felt more fitting, like to show just the descent of the. The, the the pure descent into madness that both of these two men have undergone over this weird yeah. bullshit. Right um, before, also right like, before, I was gonna say the, right before that moment that you're talking about. Yes, uh, they Eddie and Ray were having a big punch out fight at the top of the ladder, and I made a note. Eddie has the briefcase, but just doesn't pull it down. Elizabeth would hate it. Oh my god! Oh, there there were sometimes in this match where I'm like, this feels like a more reasonable like ladder match that elizabeth could maybe get on board with all things considered and then there were other times i'm like oh no except never mind. this match had a lot of spots where they just kind of don't win and they very much could have won though one Mostly of them is Eddie. a bot one of them is a botch and i will tell you when that was yeah i was i have supposed a to be that i oh interesting i i have a vague idea of what it might be um but we'll get there um no um so uh, some other stuff um ray monkey flips eddie to the outside at one point which like i kind of made me realize i barely see like monkey flips these days people don't really seem to do it do more monkey flips yeah monkey flips are sick dude i love that shit they need yeah they they definitely need to be done more also Uh, um cole it's so funny because like uh, the, the match goes on for a little bit and cole's been remarking about how like eddie has been in complete control and at one point he said, like, like Eddie's got Ray in the corner, and he's just beating up on him. Cole says, Rayleigh's bar- Ray has barely been in this match. And then, like, ten seconds later, Eddie's pulled Ray to the center and is, like, beating up on him some more. And then Cole says, Eddie is just beginning to dominate. What was everything prior? Cole, what are you, you literally Cole, just said. What are you doing? What? <laughs> um. So they Eddie does control a lot of the early portion of the match after the yes. uh, after the fucked up sunset flip. Um, I feel after- like I, I feel like I heard someone in the crowd who may have been, I, they were either rooting for Eddie or I just like or or the, or they were reprimanding him because I heard Eddie come on, uh, and then something unintelligible. But it well, didn't necessarily sound like a. Uh, it, I couldn't tell if it was a reprimanding tone or like an encouraging tone. And if it was an encouraging tone, I would like to know who the one fan in the crowd was who really wanted to see Dominic actually be a gorilla. Yeah, of course. They, they that were, man they, had vision. Yeah. So after the sunset flip, this is when I made a note stop cutting to Dominic's blank face. He, oh my God. They yeah, cut I, to him I, constantly for reaction shots, but Dominic barely reacts to anything. There were there were many times I I thought to make a note on it, and then I just kind of didn't because I was just like, it's just a blank face, you know, whatever. Um but I, there, I stopped a... making notes on it except when commentary tries to assert. Tries oh, to assert I have a note about it at the end face, of the match. Facial expressions, and I'm like, you are, this is the same fucking face. Uh, as an oh, I have a note about it that. that 
that exact thing at the end of the match. We'll get as there. An, as an example of that, Eddie gets at one point gets a second ladder for reasons that Elizabeth would not enjoy. Uh, yeah. And Ray, and he puts, he sandwiches Ray in between yes. the two ladders. He goes, and then hey, he does, Ray, make me a sandwich. He does mm. a springboard helo, which is actually the correct term. That is why when you, it's basically like you flip forward and go land on your back. Uh, that is why when you do it, a dive to the outside is a tope con helo. That is the, oh, correct term but so michael called it a helo and was right that felt weird uh but they he does this move they cut to dominic and cole goes what's dominic's reaction and dominic is the same face as always same fucking face incredible slack john yeah so the craziest whacked ass unsafe moment of the whole fucking match eddie works his way up the ladder Ray gets the second ladder, pushes it over into the first ladder so that he can climb up quickly, right? Climb it, yeah. Yeah, but so they get at the top. Ray back body drops Eddie onto the secondary ladder, and the entire ladder collapses, group thing collapses, and they both fall on their ass. That was insane. That this battle's like fucking ugly again, like you said, sloppy, but in like a fitting way. It just mm-hmm. feels like ugly and personal, and geez, god yeah. damn. Also, at some point in the match, I noted somebody had a Hassan got screwed sign. I'm <laughs> like, yes, yes. Where are my Hassan? Where are my Muhammad Hassan truthers at? That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. When so, you really think about it, Muhammad screwed Muhammad. All right, so um. Uh, Eddie grabs the ladder and puts it on the top rope, just kind of le- sitting on it. And yep. Ray goes for to, for a move, and Eddie flips him up into the lat Ray up into the ladder, which oh of course leads to another cut to Dominic. Dominic looks on in disbelief. <laughs> no, he Dominic, Dominic looks on in blank stare. All right, and then I wrote uh, Eddie slowly climbs the ladder and Slo- Dominic- ever so slowly and then he gets toward the top and he starts grabbing it with a briefcase and dominic enters the fucking ring and starts trying to pull down the ladder you want to talk about whack-ass unsafe what the fuck why did they let him do this irl why did the social worker not chase after him in kayfabe she just that, so that fucks, man, that social worker, eight-year-old interfering in a ladder match, dude. That social worker was the one person we were like saying had any goddamn sense last week. But I guess she's fucking incompetent in her job too, because she, she was went let to this go get. Inter- she went to go to get concessions. That's what I'm gonna kayfabe happened here. Is that the I, I could believe it. Went to she's go like, get snacks, and Dominic just ran in there. She's like, she's like, you'll be good to stay here, right? And he's like, yeah, totally. Um. Yeah, so so Eddie sees Eddie's like, what the fuck? He turns around and sees it's Dominic, wags its finger at him, and slowly starts coming down the ladder at Dominic, and he screams, Hey, what are you doing? Don't you know how dangerous that is? What's the matter with you? Give and me then, a hug. Yeah, okay. He does that, and then he goes, Give me a hug. hug. Don't you love me? <laughs> You're gonna love me. Jesus Christ. Literally, no. The, again, rife with insecurities, this man. Please, 
Eddie, go to therapy. No. So, but he, he he backs he backs. Yeah, it's he's he, he's too cheap for therapy, I guess. No, he backs Dominic into the corner and is like, "I'm your new daddy now, SA. Get used to it. And You're gonna learn." And 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 in what's in honestly, and what's legitimately kind of a harrowing moment is like. You're going to learn the hard way what it means to be a Guerrero. Raise his hand, winding up to strike Dominic. And then Ray comes in and is like, hey, fuck you. Don't hit my son. And Ray's back and in the Dominic, mask, And Dominic is escorted out by the referee to get yeah, out of thank- the ring. He, not, his spot's not over. The social, We're done. Worker. the social worker's still just fucking sitting there. Um, the social worker saw none of this. I'm, I'm telling you, she was getting concessions. She missed this entire thing. Um, so Ray sets up a ladder up into the ropes, and then he drops Eddie face into the ladder the same way yes. he dropped him up for the six one nine. And then Ray six one nines a ladder. Yeah, Ray six one nines the ladder into Eddie. And okay, this is something. Okay, this is one of those moments. Fucking shout out! You can tell like that. This is one of those times where you can tell that, like, Eddie and Ray were just, like, fucking best friends IRL. Because, like, sh- like this is a shout-out to, like, Eddie and Ray having such perfect in-ring chemistry here. Because, like, not only does, like, Ray hit that sixth spot on Eddie where he, you know, he hits, this, he hits the 619 through the ladder onto Eddie and it knocks Eddie back and it's sick as fuck. But something I noticed, because like normally when the 619 gets hit, or like another move that is the 619, but not called the 619, you knock the person into the rope and they just kind of like hang there on the middle rope like a dope. And half the time you they sit there for like 30 seconds and you're like, how have they not like recovered by this point? And it looks awkward as fuck. I love the 619. It's a sick move. The setup dear, is a little awkward sometimes. Dear God, the setup can be but Eddie motherfucking Eddie is already is starting to like get up from the six one nine and Ray essentially hits him from a standing position through that ladder. Like Eddie has such perfect in-ring chemistry with Ray that he knows exactly how to like not make the wait for the six one nine look awkward as fuck. Like as is one of those moments of like, if you know what's going on as it, technically it's so it's such a small thing, but it's so impressive because it looked so natural, and I kind of had to stop and realize, like, wait, why did that look so good to me? And it was because, like, Eddie was a dynamic victim yeah. to the to the move in that case. He wasn't Very. just fucking laying there like a dope. So that Very was correct. that was awesome. Um, and, and then Ray does a leg drop on that ladder afterwards. I'm like, he fucked his own leg there. Um, not yeah, that was kind of stupid. Kinda, uh, kinda, so yeah. Ray sets the ladder up under Eddie's body and then Eddie uh, gets up and gets on, un- gets under Ray for the electric chair drop. Yeah. And Ray just, he power bombs Eddie off the ladder. Ray. Yeah. So Ray's up on Eddie's shoulders. He fucking spider monkeys his way, like down Eddie's back and power bombs him onto the ground from the top of the ladder. What the fuck? Yep. And then, so, and then, so after Ray hits that move, we we got back over to Dominic, and Jazz goes, "Look at this kid smiling." And Dominic's face is just like, "Oh, I'm not smiling. This is gas." Dominic's got like yep. his he's got like the most like flat expression on his face, like 
his teeth are showing, but it's like uh, that's new. But that's other than not, that, not this is not, it. It's not, that's not a, that's not a smile, Taz. I know Vince is telling you exactly what Dominic is supposed to be feeling right now, but that kid is not Dom those notes. Is not a Dom is not Dom is not in the earpiece with Vince. Now, nah, Dom is not is 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 too green for this. He is not <laughs> following directions. An actor, he is not. Now, nah, okay. Uh, yeah. So Ray crawls up the ladder. Ray has his hands on the fucking briefcase and just doesn't pull it down for reasons. And Eddie kicks the ladder out from under Ray. So Ray is just hanging there. Yup. Uh, by the briefcase, and Eddie power bombs him back down to the yeah. Floor. Eddie, Eddie, like. So so Ray's like dangling above Eddie. Eddie goes under Ray. Ray drops into him and and like Ray, Eddie kind of like tags on tug tugs on Ray's leg a little to kind of like make it look like he's pulling. Uh Ray drops into him and he, Eddie sends that into a fucking sp- like catches his fall into a spine breaker. Holy fuck their chemistry is so yeah. fucking So perfect. now so now Eddie Oh my god. So now Eddie he takes the ladder. He positions it under also, Ray's so sorry, 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 sorry. They they do a replay. They do uh, one thing more thing I've they do a replay of that and it was at this point like they apparently have a briefcase POV cam cuz they show that from above and it's like what why did you feel the need to rig that up? What's the point of it? You didn't use it again. What are you doing? They literally just had the one-time use briefcase POV cams. So yeah. dumb. Yeah. So, so Eddie, yeah. Eddie sets up the ladder under Ray's body, which seems oh, oh, on top of Ray's body. On top of Ray. Sorry. Which, so he sits which, it on which, top of Ray, which feels like an incredibly moronic move. Yes, it did, but so, apparent, but it did not play out the way it was supposed to play out. And I, uh, on this one, so. Eddie climbs up the ladder. He gets to the top, decides to go mock Ray instead of getting at that briefcase. Yep. And here I wrote, where the fuck is Vicky? Which I will explain more about in about two more notes of mine. Ah. Eddie has the fucking briefcase and he can't get it down. Yeah, so Eddie, Ray... I, I, did, I did make a note of like, Eddie has to bullshit his way into not knowing how the fuck a carabiner because works. this was a botch so ray this next sequence was entirely made up on the <gasps> spot that's so sick botch ray moves the ladder out of the way eddie tries to hang on the same way he ray was hanging on a second ago and ray just grabs eddie's ankle and yanks him down and yeah. that and eddie is fucking pissed and he's pounding the mat and i'll explain why what he's saying right here is because this was a botch. Yes. Vicky Guerrero was supposed to come out when Eddie was on that ladder and do the thing she does at the end of the match here, but she wasn't there. So they, they improvise a way to get Eddie off the ladder on top of the ladder. And when yeah. Eddie is pounding the mat and they beautifully have edited out the audio of this, but Damn. what Eddie is yelling is where the fuck is Vicky? God damn it. <laughs> Why would he yell that? Eddie, no. Because he's, oh, no. he's pissed he off pissed. that she fucked up the spot. Oh, no. She's too green, too. Oh, yeah. no. She hasn't learned how to make a perfectly timed entrance yet. Yeah, so that they have they edited out that audio brilliantly. I was afraid I would not remember where this happens in this match. But nope, I got it. It was <laughs> it was right here. She Vicky was supposed to come out and interfere at that exact moment. 
Well, it, it is missed her cue, and they had to just kind of figure out a way for Eddie to not win in the moment. It is well, it it is funny because like I didn't that didn't register with me because I like I figured like Ray was supposed to escape from under the ladder because I figure like putting Ray under the ladder like I get like Eddie's logic there, but also I feel like ray is in a spot where he could do things to like fuck up the ladder so i was like okay this is gonna be a ray escaping the ladder spot um and what i thought was happening when ray was when eddie clearly was like pretending like he didn't know how the fuck to open a carabiner um was like ray was just like taking an extra second to get out from under the ladder yeah, no no um, he was trying to vamp for vicky who missed her cue entirely oh my god that's unfortunate um so so yeah so but Eddie's back down on the ground and he's pissed so and the ladder's falling over at this point and again beautiful like again another example of how their in-ring chemistry is perfect because seamlessly this this transition to a spot where like Eddie grabs Ray and fucking three amigos him one on the mat two on the mat and the third amigo onto the fucking ladder that has fallen over mm-hmm. fucking ow that yeah, is so, so sick yeah so Eddie sets up the ladder again he climbs the ladder again and finally he is here vicky and vicky's here and she's like and she's like hey wait no stop doing this and so she starts shaking the ladder and like she pushes a little and it falls over and she steps back like yeah okay she falls over eddie lands face first in the ropes i was like jesus christ well, yeah, so it's funny. So she pushes the ladder one way. Eddie lands face first, but the ladder kind of ends up falling in the opposite direction than than how Vicky pushed it and where Eddie ended up landing, which is like, huh, physics. Yeah, but, like that like, fall th- and Ray's fall off the ladder when the whole ladder collapsed was like the scariest falls for me in the whole in the whole match. Oh, without without a doubt. The the botch the botch sunset flip was a little scary too, but like uh, less so than those other ones to be they sure. still at I least like, the bot sunset flip ray was still landing the way you're supposed to land on a sunset flip well he didn't even land eddie was the one that landed eddie was like kind of landed on his ass ray was still kind of on the ladder ray kind of fell over like as if a little bit yeah that flip was actually working but like ray was like they're just like free falling off these ladders oh my god no and however they land is how they land dude fuck this is the one thing i will get like as much as as funny as it is to listen to elizabeth angrily rant about how nonsensical ladder matches work i will give i will give ladder matches that as someone who sometimes does go up on a tall ladder like i've had to go up on tall ladders before that shit does get scary and kind of unstable toward the top i don't blame someone for slowing down and i can only imagine how fucking horrifying it is to be at the top of the ladder knowing that it's about to get knocked down and that you have to find a way to safely fall off of it i think i would just expire on the spot so the fact that like they executed that shit in this match is so goddamn insane yeah um so then finally at ray gets the climbs up and gets the briefcase and wins we did it as notably though eddie tries to climb back up the ladder and vicky literally wrestles him back yes she pulls him back she has her oh i fucked up and just hurt my husband mode and then ray or eddie tries to get back up the ladder while ray's going up it and vicky's like actually no fuck it i'll do it i'll fucking do it again Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Ray wins, and Dom runs in the ring, and he embraces Eddie. And, and Angie's Angie coming comes out, out, not nearly mad enough at Ray for making this stupid bullshit get to this point at this in this 
in, in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, they they okay. get out of the ring, and Eddie is just walking around the ring fuming. And yes. so Ray, yes. So before before you you say the the very final thing that that happens in the ring here, like, um, I feel like so. First of all, just one more time. Why the fuck is the social worker okay with any of this? Um, Good question. Where is it? Where is she even? Where where is she even? Uh, still at the concession stand. There's a long line. Maybe she felt like hey. getting some merch. Hey, uh, I get actually... that. I I get that. Last time I got I got concessions at a wrestling show. I missed an entire tag match. So Holy I understand. Shit. Yeah, fucking. Uh, she's she's actually she's actually a huge Cena mark. So she's buying her you can't see me shirt. Oh no. Uh, oh yeah, baby. That's how you know she's got bad taste. So no. So like here's the thing like you really if you really think about it ray only wins this match because of interference from both his own son and from vicky which is kind of great because it shows like the community coming together to like rebuke eddie's whole bullshit yeah yeah it's it's an it shows the family family like uniting against the get it but it's like it's a thematically impelled good Except, I feel like we're kind of missing out by not having Eddie go through some kind of come-to-Jesus moment. I feel like it could have been so much more powerful if, like, we have, like, yeah, we still have, like, the Dom interference and the Vicky interference. We still get Eddie climbing to the top of the ladder, and, like, he sees, he sees, he sees from the top of it kind of everything below him one last time. And he kind of takes a moment to like see the supposedly pained look on Dominic's face and see the hell that Ray has put himself through to protect his son. And we get a payoff to that moment where Ray almost convinced him like a couple of weeks ago with when the lawyer was present, um, where he steps down and he concedes so much. So now that I've seen like a version of now that now that I've not a version now that I've seen a video of Eddie and Ray winning the tag titles prior to this, where toward the end of that match, Eddie like feigned being knocked out to to like possum his way into like getting the jump on his opponent and try and try to get a pin out of it. It would have been so cool if like Eddie fucking like came down off the ladder, knocked it over, and fell to the ground looking apparently knocked out for Ray to like come up or, or, you know, so either have like either like intentionally like Mm -hmm. back down and be like, Ray, no, take your son back or, or like give Ray the dub by making it look like he was also knocked out. Like, I feel like we could have gotten such a more powerful uh, arc out of this whole thing by having Eddie realize, no, I, I was doing this for all the wrong reasons and I can't, go through this have the payoff to that good man within you that will not let you lose to that will not let you beat ray line from vicky earlier but no no he's still a bastard he throws a whole tantrum and then ray while he's throwing this tantrum completely unprovoked comes into the ring and it hits him with the briefcase because what's a nuanced character arc yeah so i guess this is when i'll bring up how this story really ends um yes 
I'll admit I didn't watch the SmackDowns that they talk about here. I kind of wish I had figured this out sooner and would have made been able to make time to. Yeah. I found this out way too late in the process. I wish I would have had time to l- actually watch these episodes. Understood. But the way this story, this feud ends properly on the September 9th episode of SmackDown, uh, we talked about how this could story end in a way that made sense because of like, you can't have Ray lose to Eddie because with the custody of Dominic on the line. Yes. But also it feels like how, what would make Eddie give up this quest to beat Ray? Well, I guess the answer to that question is on September 9th episode of SmackDown, he wrestles at Ray Mysterio in a steel cage and he wins Ray eight time Eddie Guerrero eight times the charms it and beats Ray. And that is the end. Ray Eddie gets what he wants. He wanted to beat Ray Mysterio in a match and he does. All right. And that's it. That's it. We're done. Moving on. What? What the fuck? Eddie is moving on to be the number one contender to Batista's world championship. So moving on. What? What the fuck? No, that's so dumb. We could have had the perfect shit where Eddie could have actually beaten Ray and for that matter, beaten him pretty fucking clean, all things considered. Uh, And then at the very last second, be like, wait, no, this is wrong. I actually don't need this to validate me. Ray, take your son back. No. That would have been a really cool angle. But you know what? That would show, like, male vulnerability and nuance or some shit. And this is wrestling. So fuck you, pal. This story ends because Eddie Guerrero gets what he wants. He finally beats Ray in a match. He doesn't realize that this whole thing obsession is a waste of time and destroying his personal relationships and that he needs to stop. No, the story ends because he finally wins a match. What the fuck? That's so dumb. No, that's that's just validating him. Little what? bit, little bit. What? Uh, yeah, I I also prefer literally your, become I prefer pro wrestlers instead of going to therapy. Correct. Yeah, I prefer your ending that kind of acknowledges the emotional crux of Eddie's issues and has him acknowledge that they are bad. It's not that hard. Not only is it not that hard to come up with something like that, it was actively set up for. And then they just didn't do anything with it. Oh my God. Hate to to leave you in 2005 on a bit of a bad note. No, uh, no. I am honestly, uh, you know, because I kept hoping deep down that they were going to like actually do something intelligent with the ending to this arc but I kind of knew deep down that this shit would end just as stupid and abrupt as it began and in that sense it delivered tenfold (laughs) yeah so uh, we've already kind of I don't I don't want to talk about SummerSlam as a whole like I said couple highlights generally not a show that I'd be like you gotta sit down and watch all three hours no Uh, 
check out check out Taker versus Orton and check out the ladder match. And, and oh, you know what? Sean and, and Hogan, check out if you're a meme, Sean Lord. Hogan, if you're here for the memes, which we very much are. Yeah, uh, but Eddie and Ray, um, it's it's one of the more infamously soap opera angles in wrestling. I mean, how can it not be? There yes. was a match to determine the custody of a child. No, so, no. Nah, nah. This was how does that not I go down in infamy? Be. This was everything I dreamed it would be, Austin. From from the moment you told me about this arc and I immediately begged you, please, God, let us do this for the podcast one day. I, this was everything I dreamed it would be and more. It was so over the top. It was so ridiculous. We got Eddie Guerrero at his most unhinged. We got the most moon logic storytelling from so many different angles. And it all culminated in a match that is so fucking sick. And also extremely, extremely stupid by every metric. I have, this is easily my favorite arc that we have ever done on this podcast. I am so happy. I am so, because like, God, like, I'm trying to think of what other like arcs in this show I've loved. I obviously, I love Summer of Punk, but that ended on a stupid note. Uh, which, you know, in this case, the stupid note is fine because the whole thing is stupid. Summer of Punk actually had fucking potential. Like, that ended on a stupid note, which hampers it a little bit. Um, what what else? Uh, Women's Revolution was sick as fuck, but also it 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 doesn't it didn't rise to the memes. It it was it was Fair. great, but it was so earnest, you know. It was too uh, earnestly good. It was, it was too earnestly good. I, what what am I supposed to do with that? Just kind of sit here and be like this is cool obviously i love lucha underground but again it's an unironic love it's and also i don't think we can fully call lucha underground an arc it is a whole we're just watching we're just the watching the show we're just watching the show that ain't that ain't no arc that is just a show no this is this is easily my favorite arc we have ever done for this show i am filled with joy at the fact that you gave me you gave this to me the greatest gift I have ever been given in my life, getting to experience the entirety, <laughs> minus the dumb fucking hell in a cell match afterward, the entirety of the custody of Dominic, Ray and Eddie Guerrero, uh, Ray Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero feud. Yes. 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 This is bliss. I am in heaven. I can't believe that... Th that I got to have this, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Fuck. Let's just, let's just end the show right here. We've done everything. We, we can show no noobs and knockouts. Final episode. We, we don't got to do no more. I oh, have, man. I have, I have reached the, the peak. We are, we have found Nirvana Austin. We can sit here in bliss for the rest of our lives. If we so choose. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cycle back to that comment in a couple minutes. Um, Oh no. Uh, but I just I, I want to say that I really also really appreciated and had a lot of fun with this arc. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, my revelations about what 2005 SmackDown was like uh, could just blow in my mind on a weekly basis of just what was going on here. Uh, but I, <laughs> I it was bad and it was stupid. Yeah, well, my part. favorite my favorite part about this podcast, as I kind of talked about in episode 100, was kind of getting to 
uh, you know, you hear about these storylines and these matches that everyone talks about and how great they were and how fun, how silly or great or bad or whatever, how, whatever they were yeah. uh, getting to actually kind of experience those. Watch the, watch the weekly show and, and get in there on the stuff that some people do remember talking about and the stuff that people don't talk about. Like mm-hmm. that's a very fun aspect for me as someone Absolutely. who is terminally online in the wrestling community. Uh, <laughs> Even if you are banned from squared circle. I am. I just, I'm a <laughs> permanent lurker now, and it is better for my mental health that it stays. <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise. It is a blessing in disguise. Um, but uh, this arc has been a whole lot of fun. I'm glad that I decided to indulge David and pick this one. Oh, I'm so happy. So what are we going to fill this uh, part of our calendar with? Why am uh, I suddenly filled with a sense of dread? No, you don't need to be filled with dread. Um, oh. you, you were you being like, we can just end the show right here. That's very fascinating to that you would say that because I had a bit of a revelational thought today. You okay. know, this is episode 101, 101. of this podcast. We are in a new era of this yes. show. The it's second 100 episodes. Season for years Yes. And 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 David, we've we've made several jokes now about how David has no power on this podcast, no ability to control anything what happens here. What? But I said it's a new day, it's a new era. What? So why not this next arc? I what? am going to give David two choices, mm-hmm. and which one he picks will be our next arc from wait. the attitude new. Wait, no, 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 no. When when I said I when I said I I I didn't have enough power I was I was kidding I like not having no. power no this no is, what come on David no you no I'm no no, two no now I'm responsible for my now now there are consequences to my actions no <laughs> we I'm can't end the show yet we can't end the no. show yet I'm just now prepared to give over some of my power no. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh no, the monkey paw has curled. Oh god! All so, right, David, I am gonna okay. give you two choices, mm-hmm. and just for the sake of fun, I will not fully explain these choices. Uh-oh. You will just get two choices, and afterwards, I'll tell you which one you pick. So, Uh-oh. here are your choices: WWF 1998 or WCW 1996. I, I, you may choose either. I will tell you which story you picked. After you after you're hmm. done, I feel like those dates sound familiar to me. They're both Attitude Era. This this yes, where, no, where I the, no, I know Monday Night War Era. So I know. I okay. I think I'm going to challenge myself here. I would love nothing more than to go to WCW 96 and, and, and have me a good old, have me a good old time at my, at my dear cause that is close to my heart of alternative mainstream wrestling with some like really good work uh, and a sneaking suspicion. I have that this has something to do with some infamous NWO shenanigans. Um, what? So I would love to do that, but this is this is a new season, a new a new chapter, and I feel like I have grown so much 
in in uh in my time on this podcast we began this next hundred episodes with my my personal nirvana of my of my like noob 1.0 era it's now time to test myself challenge myself return return to a time that that i that i once upon a time found great distaste in with new eyes new appreciation and maybe a new understanding so i challenging myself say let's take a visit to the wwf in 98 oh i was so hoping you'd pick that one <laughs> oh no so in the summer of 1998 vince russo had an idea a terrible <laughs> awful idea. oh no a terrible I, I don't know how to continue this yeah bit, i'm just imagining vince rosa doing the grin smile right now and it's making me very sad in the middle of 1998 in the middle of our fake wrestling matches the wwf decided that we are going to have a shoot fight tournament it is, in the words of many, the worst idea that Vince Russo has ever had. In the summer of 98, we had the Brawl for All tournament. And Wait. we are gonna be watching that in this in this in our as our next arc. Oh no! I've heard of the Brawl for All. I've heard that name. I had no idea what it was. I assumed it was just another, like, now-retired pay-per-view from the Fed no. or something like that. Oh, no. I... Now, well, am... this is also a backdrop to cover the summer of 98, because we're obviously not just going to watch the dumb shoot fights. But oh, yes. we are here for a really bad tough and tough man contest <laughs> oh boy i oh man if it is would you like my to, own would you action. like to know what the other choice was by the way was it finger poke We're, of doom no i oh no i i okay. didn't pick two bad storylines i picked a good one and a bad one for you oh <laughs> fuck you now i to be clear we will cover this eventually i just okay. couldn't make a choice but the other option was I was we were going to cover the birth of Crow Sting in WCW. Like oh. what caused him to shift to being the crow. Damn it, David! No! Why? Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own fucking actions. Oh. Yeah, so that's for the next time we're about five episodes from now. Uh, but mm. our next episode, we're returning to 2013. Uh, mm. We're skipping all the way ahead to December 2013, where um, they are setting up for a, a unification match between WWE champion Randy Orton and world heavyweight champion John Cena. Their two belts becoming one. This is the future of the WWE. Daniel Bryan, who's that? <laughs> and the crowd, of course, per, as we will see next week, perfectly accepted this. And in fact, did not rebel or do anything uncouth. 
crowds don't have minds of their own. What, what no, is, what they is are that? Mi- we will learn next week that crowds are mindless sheep that will ant- that will clap when they are told to clap and boo when they are told to boo. That's why Roman Reigns has always been so popular, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, next week we cover the title unification ceremony on Monday Night Raw that will definitely not be hijacked and completely uh and completely in a ruin i'm excited i'm excited all hail the american sudoku puzzle brian danielson mm-hmm. <laughs> yes the american sudoku puzzle yep that's it yes that's what we call him in my house all right but that is for next time until then david hit our plugs yes sir dear friends thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast we are so Delighted to have you here. If you are a return, if you're if you're a returning listener, viewer, what have you, you know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is used to consume our content. We're just happy to be here and happy to have you all here along with us. If you're a first time viewer, listener, whatever, hi, hey, how's it going? We are so so happy to have you here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we hope you feel welcome here. We hope you feel everything's accessible here. We hope you want to keep joining us week after week after week. If you would like to do that, I will tell you exactly how. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Uh, give us that mm, sweet, sweet engagement. Check out all of our playlists that Austin is kind enough to, to, to organize all of our arcs into their own separate playlists so you can follow something all the way down without having to skip around a whole lot. It's great. And also, you can see our lovely faces and Austin's impression of Batista shaking the ropes and my impression of Batista getting choked out by a by a belt. Very kinky. Uh, either way, come join us over on the YouTube. But if you are a fan of the audio-only experience, we completely understand and we have you covered there as well. You can find us on three of the best places to find your audio podcast, which would be Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen. Download our show. Give us a nice little five-star rating if you're so inclined. Eh? And, uh, 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 you know, maybe maybe even leave a nice little review that's like, hey, guys, people, are, these, these dudes are pretty cool. You should check them out more. I don't know. I'm just saying. So give us a listen. Maybe some of that, the extra engagement if you're so inclined. Uh, please and thank you on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. But, of course, we have a presence beyond just our, our talky little few hours of wrestling every week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are on the Twitter at noobs and Pod. That's at noobs, the letter N, Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. We post memes. We engage in discourse. We put up a post every single time we drop a brand new episode. Of course, the highlight of our Twitter, our, our favorite thing to do, is weekly wrestling live tweeting every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on TBS. We are watching AEW Dynamite and tweeting about it at least a little bit, as much as we can anyway. Uh, uh, I, I've been kind of doing a lot of that recently. Austin, I'm sure, will be coming back at some point. Uh, we will be tag teaming on it, all that stuff. We we, we just like to, to to live tweet, so come come check us out. Uh, and on top of that, of course, when when I'm feeling frisky about it, when we're not recording past the, the time it starts on a Friday night, <laughs> uh, uh, every as many Friday nights as we can on TNT at 10 p.m. Eastern, we are watching 
AEW Rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. It's a great time doing that as well. Uh, of course, uh, past that, we like to uh, live tweet AEW pay-per-views. The next one coming up, I believe, is a Revolution, my dear, my dear co-host. Yes, on March 5th, as we continue to not have matches for it yet. I mean... I, I mean, I guess you could argue that uh, D- Brian Danielson versus MJF is definitely going to happen. It's Oh, it's a zillion percent going to happen. It's going to be a sick-ass Iron Man. Right, but technically speaking, it's not official yet. No, no, it's 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 still it's still chugging its way down the line. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to happen. Uh, yes. And then... And then, of course, after that, we got we were we don't we don't tend to we're 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 kind of stepping away from tweeting about the other companies, but they got some other pay per views coming up. To yeah, WWE, uh, like. yeah, I was going to mention it in case I yeah. feel like coming back to it. Uh, WWE Elimination Chamber on February eighteenth. Yes. We have a elimination. We already have three matches set. We're going to get an elimination chamber match for the United States Championship. Uh, because uh, the Uwu title is going to be a little bit busy. Uh, We have an Elimination Chamber match for a Raw women's title match at WrestleMania 39, because Mm. Rhea Ripley has already said, I'm facing Charlotte for the SmackDown belt for winning Mm. the Rumble. Fair enough. But for the Uwu title, it's set tonight. This very night that we are recording this on SmackDown, it was announced. Roman Reigns versus the former honorary Oos, Sami Zayn, for the Oo Championship. Oh! I didn't think they'd actually be going through with that match. That is Mm -hmm. sick. And then for Impact Wrestling, all the way out on April 16th, they will have Impact Rebellion. If you are not watching Impact's Impact's pay-per-views, I will go ahead and hype them the fuck up. They almost always deliver they are fan they're they're kind of understated you know most Mm. people just like lol tna is still alive and they are admittedly the cockroaches of the wrestling industry they they won't they ain't fucking dying i can assure you in the nuclear in the in the future nuclear winter that they are going to have they're going to transition fully into being cockroach championship wrestling and they're still going to be performing on on uh on uh, axis tv but Three now things with are assured in this world: death, taxes, and impact on access. Absolutely, yeah, uh, but their pay per views are genuinely very good shows and great I'm matches. Sure. A lot of fun, definitely worth checking out if you're looking for something uh, a little beyond our usual AEW fare. Hell yeah, brother! You know we're we're shameless marks around here, but we'll still tell you about the other stuff. Of course, uh, but yeah, that is what we have going on on the Twitter absolutely so be sure to check it out it's a great time if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for whatever fucking reason you'll like it over here uh over on the twitter our voices carry over pretty well we're just over here to have a good time so again that's the twitter at noobs and knox pod but of course if you want to get in super direct contact with us we also have an email address ain't that neat you can email us at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and knockouts pod at gmail.com Dot com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you think about the show. Request things you want to see us cover on the show. Tell us our hot takes are based and red-pilled or that they're fucking stupid. Whatever. Start discourse with us. Start conversation. Just say hi. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. 
Patreon.com. And of course, finally, we are also on Patreon. Ain't that cool? We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter. $1 a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out to friend of the show, uh, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith, for all of his support. Enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to enjoy your perks along with Kyle, be sure to give us that that dollary do over on the Patreon would be much appreciated. It helps out the show. Uh, noobs and Knockouts podcast on the Patreon. Link is in the Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.